Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for being with us here. This is episode 222 here on Monday, May the 10th, 2021. As always, we are here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. I'm Joe Murata, and I am joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy, Quinn, another week. We are into May now. Time to romp again. Yeah, we're romping. I'm All ready right. to romp. It's, it's Romp City. It is Romp City. Your birthday's coming up soon, actually. It is. Very wow. soon. The yeah. big 3-5 uh, for you there. Very let's, excited. Let's not go too far there. Okay, I'm okay, sorry about 35. that. Uh, <laughs> it's not bad. I'm uh, 35. Well, I, I'm not ready for that yet. Okay, well, you, you will be ready. And folks, we hope you're ready, whether you're 35 or older or 35 and under. We hope you're ready to romp through the world of retro wrestling yet again. We have some great topics in store for you, we think, we hope. But before we get to any of that, we want to remind you, if you like daily wrestling clips from the past, you can follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Uh, there's one thing, Quinn, that we don't have over there, and that's drama. Yep, we don't have any drama. We Zero. don't have any clippy either. No, there's um, no clippy there's assistant. There's clips, but there's no clippy. No clippy. Yeah. But if you like old wrestling, over on our Twitter at OVP Podcast, we post like a dozen clips a day on this day type of stuff. Some obscure, some stuff you know of. Mm-hmm. And it is a fun time. There's no drama. Uh, you can also, if you want to, email the show at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place to talk to you and me and like a thousand other retro wrestling fanatics is where? Over at the uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash fanatics. Yes. Fanatics first. It's, a, it's all about the fanatics over there. <laughs> what happens there? Well, you know, you could talk about the wrestling. Sure. You could talk about uh, sitcoms. We, we do it really. It's all there. It's casual. All the things in the OVP canon that are that are relevant are talked about in that location. And okay. You can get there via the Facebook search bar. You Ooh. ever hear of this? Yeah, well, search, maybe. Search bar tech. I hear Google's really good at it or something. Oh, okay. But Facebook's got one, too, and you can type into it. Our vantage point, Dash, Retro Wrestling Podcast, Bing Bang Boom, Tube Score, Kafloey. You hit the join group and you're in. And I think, from what I understand, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. When you uh, are joining the group, you're agreeing to one rule right. and one rule only, which is what? Don't be a dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. It's an official handbook. It actually is, yeah. yes. That simply means, folks, look, we know it's the internet. We know people disagree. We know there's a lot of opinions out there, and that's all good. Feel free to disagree, but don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't be an asshole. <laughs> there you go. The Let's tenant. just change it to that. <laughs> yeah. That's a real. That's solid really what role. it means. Yeah. yeah. Don't be a jerk to each other. No personal attacks and things like that. Just have fun discussing and debating retro wrestling. That's over on Facebook. And also, you know what's out, Michael Quinn? What? The Royal Rumble '93 over it's on time, Patreon. It's time to rumble into yeah. mediocrity. <laughs> With Caesar. Yeah, with Caesar and Cleopatra. <laughs> feast on succulent food. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to feast on succulent pay-per-view reviews, you can do that on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Every WWF pay-per-view has been reviewed up to Rumble 93. That's out now. If you want to try it, go. Go do it. It's only five bucks a month, and there's a lot of extra stuff there. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Quinn, 
Yes. The new season we're into now. The newest. And uh, we mentioned last week that we do fancy ourselves sometimes as game show hosts. We do. We're uh, fancy. We, we've, we, we, it's on our resume multiple times. Yeah. yeah. It's on my LinkedIn. You know, clearly. I, some, sometimes I go to ABC Studios and I say, <laughs> you know, you're looking for a new game show guy. I'm right here. Well, I mean, you got someone's got to replace Regis. Yeah. That's Maybe thing. Pat Sajak's going to retire eventually. He's <laughs> like only a thousand years old. He is like 76, isn't he? I, I think there. eventually there'll be like a new pair. I think they'll go together. They'll both like it'll be a double retirement. Probably. Pat and Havana. That will be fine with me. Yeah. But anyway, as we fancy ourselves game show hosts, we have asked you this season to post an opinion on Facebook, something you really believe about wrestling, and end it with change my mind. That's right. Quinn and I want to hear from you something that you really believe, and we want to see if we can That's right. Welcome again to Change Your Mind, where Quinn and I will do our very best to take your opinion and see if we can change your mind. Uh, no cash prizes on this we one, though, Quinn. We don't got them. We don't uh, have any prizes. The, the Miller Boyette or whoever's in Merv Griffin <laughs> Enterprises. Mark Goodson, perhaps. Yeah, they, they didn't fund us. We on don't have one. any. No, fun, no funding whatsoever. But what we would like to do is welcome our next contestant, Quinn, for this week. It is Sean Malloy who is a, um, a frequent contributor on the board. He's actually a fr- like an online friend and a sparring, verbal sparring partner yep. of one Tony Leg Day Chiricetti. Well, you know, you got to have some debate over there yeah. or it wouldn't be a, a board, right? Yep. And he's definitely not a dunderhead. No, there's no dunderhead. There's just disagreement, disagreement over certain them. aspects of the professional wrestling circuit. Exactly. Uh, circuit. Yes. Circuit, yes. Uh, so what Sean Malloy has for us here, we open the envelope, get it ready. Okay. Diesel slash Kevin Nash is the biggest star to not have one rewatchable match. Change my mind. There's only two things real in this business. The money and the miles. First of all, look at the adjective. Rewatchable. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. I, I immediately disagree with that what about you I 100% disagree with that now can we first before we get into the matches right mm-hmm. can we maybe try to dig into why Mr. Malloy would think this to begin well, with um I know why okay what is it because um in 1995 um, late 1994 big Mr. Big Daddy Cool uh, yeah Mr. Cool Dizzle he, <laughs> he won the uh World Federation belt from yes. um Mr. Bob Backlund, yes, of course. Correct. And Madison after, Square Garden. After a glorious victory in a very boring chicken wing match. Oh. <laughs> um, but anyway, Diesel powerbombed him in two seconds or mm. whatever it was, and he won. And in a record setting eight seconds, Diesel becomes the new World Wrestling Federation champion. Then this, this rain happens, and they act like Big Daddy is now Big Hogan. Yeah, and, and pretty much. It, it didn't really work. Uh, no, a lot I think of that's people didn't like it. Accurate statement. And people essentially remember the entire year as a piece of shit. Which a, because a lot of, of Big Daddy. Right. And a lot of things about ninety five are very bad. Yes. Uh, I think we can agree well, on it that. It is a piece of shit, but I don't think it's because of Big Daddy's matches. No, I don't think it is either. Uh, partially maybe. Kevin Nash obviously is not known for being a workhorse. Yeah, no shit. Kevin Nash, and it depends on how you want to look at this. On one hand, you have a guy that clearly respected the business and was in it for a long time. Oh, he respects it, but you know? he's also there to uh, make money That's off it. said business. And his whole MO seems to be, this is a distillation of it, is I just want to fuck around with my friends and make money. Right. You know, And especially once he went to WCW, that's pretty much what he did. I'm not stupid. I got 145 IQ. Fuck you. 
I get it. I'll just take the money. But there, to me, there is certain times when uh, fucking around with his friends and making money does actually equal a good match. Yeah. Because some of his friends like doing good matches. Right. So. One of his best friends, Shawn Michaels, was not only fuck around with my friends and make money, but Shawn also wanted to be the best wrestler in the world. So Big Daddy's like, well, if we're going to have fun, we're going to make money. Yeah. Might as well have a good match, right? Why so not? He, he did do this. He did do this. And I think it is... a. Uh, Listen, I don't think that Kevin Nash is um, one of the great wrestlers of all time in terms of in-ring work. I do think that he's very smart from a human perspective, Yeah, meaning I'm just here to make the fucking money. I get that. I also think that he is a very memorable character in the pro wrestling throughout the 90s. Yeah, in in both federations. I can't dispute that I liked him. I liked him too. I was a fan. And actually... It might sound a little weird, but his giving no fucks attitude is sort of refreshing from the the usual like shoot interview fair of all these yeah. people. It's like it's so fucking important and like wrestling respect, respect, respect. It's right. like Kevin Nash, that's what the fuck. Like <laughs> this is this was fun. Um, I need to feed my wife and kids. And yeah, that was it basically. Like he's so it's so different than everyone else, and it I is. think that's a little insulting to certain people who care a lot about professional wrestling. Like a Bret Hart, for example. Yeah. And again, I love Bret Hart, and I get his side of it, too. Uh, so, But yeah, Kevin Nash had a very different mentality, and uh, obviously when he went to WCW, he was a part of a very important storyline, but I would probably tend to agree with Sean that in WCW, he wasn't about wrestling matches, other no. than the Bash at the Beach match. Yeah. Right where Hogan turned, and maybe the one against Goldberg is probably his most real notable match. But he didn't have. See, the thing with WCW that I always think with him is that he didn't have to be about matches. Um, his his greatest contribution came when he first came in. When he was wore it, the hat, with two things: yeah, him, himself being there because WCW. What the fuck? What? How could they ever get somebody that big from WWF? Right? Yeah, literally seven feet tall. Right. And, mm-hmm. and second of all, NWO. Exactly. Right? So, like, at that point, it's not really like he had to do much else. No, and he didn't. And yeah. he knew that. Yeah. He had guaranteed money. Yeah. So I totally understand that. But before that, in the WWF, I think he has several really good rewatchable matches. And that's the question at heart here, right? Is, a, yeah. you know, the biggest star to not have one rewatchable match. I think the first one in my mind that's his first really good match in the WWF is King of the Ring 94 against Bret Hart. Yes. It's it's the under the radar one. It's the first of their pay per view really trilogy. Talks about it. And plus Art Donovan's there. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, he needs to know how much he weighs. Yeah. How, how much does that guy weigh? But it's a good match. I think it's a very good world title match. Obviously the finish is all storyline with Neidhart interfering. Yeah. I think all of um Big Daddy's matches with Brett the Hitman were excellent. I think they are too. I, I think those are all rewatchable matches right there. Like to me, it immediately disqualifies them from this conversation. Correct. I mean, yeah, because Royal Rumble, I think it's a great match. I think the finish is bad. I, the draw at Royal yeah. Rumble, I get not but liking the I, finish. I feel the first two are the setup for why Survivor Series is just so fucking good. The 1995 one. And that's one of your personal favorite ones. It's notable for Brett taking the uh, the bump through the table. Yes. And the surprise victory and then Diesel kind of turning heel at the end. The victory was such a surprise. I even for me, yeah. I really thought I really thought this like that it made the most sense that Sean would beat Diesel because they sure. were friends and there was the history from the previous WrestleMania and all this. Absolutely. And I thought, you know, Shawn Michaels, Diesel finally settled the score at right, WrestleMania, WrestleMania 12. 12. Right. And, and yeah. Some people thought that's the direction they were going to go. Right. I think Bret Hart even has said that he was surprised when they said, "No, you're going to beat Diesel." 
Right, and then it's going to be Bret Hart versus yeah. Shawn Michaels in, in the... I mean, everyone knew by that point that at Survivor Series 95, I think it was very obvious that Shawn Michaels was being built up as like... The next... Okay, like, so, yeah, as the next big guy. And honestly, I understood the approach, actually, just on an aside with WWF at the time, was that it seemed like every WrestleMania they were trying to have a new star. So, Bret at, at 9 and 10, right? Yep. And then they got to... 11 and it was like okay we're gonna launch big daddy cool and it just felt natural that okay at 12 we're gonna really say that Shawn michaels is now and then they were slowly amassing this yeah. group of guys that were all former world champions right. right yeah and i guess diesel you know obviously threw a monkey wrench into whatever they were gonna do with him when he gave his notice in, right in so they lost one of those guys yeah. that they were building up in this collection of stars here yep but to say that takes nothing away from the three really good matches against Bret Hart. Uh, they're all different. They're not all the same match if you watch them. It's some trademark Bret Hart stuff in all three of them. Yeah. But they're very good because Bret was good at making Diesel look obviously very credible. But at the same time, when Bret would get offense on Diesel, it made sense. It was it was a very good little and big man dynamic. And, you know, I can you can say, well, of course the match is good. Bret Hart is in it. Yeah, but the other guy is Diesel. Yeah, and no, he's and I in these Diesel matches. Contributed a lot to these he matches. Did. He's a big part of what I remember because Bret uh, played to his strengths. Yeah, and it wasn't just Bret Hart. You might say, well, okay, Bret Hart, right? Of course, yeah, of course, it's going to be good, right? But he had great matches with uh, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, the one of the eleven is okay, and I think everyone kind of knows it's not their best match. But the leg match, yeah. the le- <laughs> the, as I call it, the one where, where yeah. what's his name's out there? Uh, Mad Dog Vachon. Or whoever it is. I think it's yeah. Mad Dog. Whichever Vashon is out there. He's out there in like a wheelchair. He has no leg. And, and Diesel and rips it off. Diesel rips the leg off. That's Maurice Vashon! What's he doing with, with those? What? He's trying. Oh my. What is. Oh my God. Oh my. Oh no. I, I can't believe that. But the whole match is fucking brutal tremendous and it, it match. was totally like different than um yep. a lot of the matches at the time honestly oh, it was it was it was a great way to establish Shawn michaels as more than just a um like a technical wrestler and maybe a high flyer a and little a high, bit you know, yeah the, best of the technical and the high flyer right but i'm just it was yeah that was really what sean was known for but it was like oh he can brawl he like, can do that, a tough match that you know honestly like established him like and later on sean would brawl more yes you with know, mankind and, and yeah and, and like so that. against diesel it was like this kind of said, well, Shawn Michaels can hang with the brawlers, right? right? Like, he can go out there, fight in the crowd, use weapons, whatever yeah. the fuck. And I think it's a great performance from both guys, especially that part of uh, Diesel's career in 96 before he left. He's great. Yeah. Kevin Nash is great. I um, also like Kevin Nash's work with, um, whenever they got to work together, but Razor Ramon. Oh, yeah, that's another great one, Quinn, especially uh, SummerSlam 94 yeah. for the IC. That's a good little match. Yeah. No, I know, another some- click member, I know. but Yeah, but I mean... Listen, I'm half the good guys were click and half weren't, so <laughs> yeah. it's just that's this is how it's going to work, right? Yeah, but they had great chemistry together in the ring. And also, Diesel versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 12, I find to be really good. Oh, excellent, right? And actually, that's always to me one of those unfortunate cases because you look not that the match is bad. I'm saying that. It's one of those cases where you look at it and you're like, oh, man, you know Diesel's leaving and yeah. he has this like pretty good match with Undertaker and you kind of you kind of leave that match being like, wow, I wish those guys got to like fight again because they're they're kind of the same size right. and like it, it it makes sense that they, when they fight each other and it was kind of a it wasn't like the greatest match ever, no. but it was just 
It was just a, a really good Undertaker match. Let's put it that way. I, w- I would say it's the best uh, WrestleMania match that he'd had to that point. If you think that about point, yes. yeah, going back to Snuka, eh, yeah, Jake was okay. John Gonzalez, yeah, and King Kong Bundy. This is definitely the Felt best like one. Big Daddy pushed uh, Undertaker to the limit a little bit, right? He did, and, you know, like as far as the storyline was concerned. And for me, watching, you know, as it happened at the time, I didn't really know who was going to win because Diesel. But this is before the streak was popularized, yeah. right? It was like it was still in the realm of possibility. Undertaker go down to, uh, you know, this was a real challenge for him, like the for- former world champion here. It's not just like nobody, right? And the same size, or if not bigger than the Undertaker. Yeah, it made sense. So those are some rewatchable matches right there. I mean, that's the right. question, right? Rewatchable matches. Right. That's a slew of them right there uh, with various workers in a razor. There's also a great tag match. Uh, it's fairly well known about where it's a um, diesel and Sean against razor and the kid. It aired on action zone. It's on one of the oh, Coliseum right. tapes. Yes. I remember this. Tremendous. Now I know again, click members, but that's okay. First week of action zone. Too. Yeah. First it's or like, second you know, week. It matters now. Yeah. Damn it. And then, and then it doesn't in two weeks. Exactly. Uh, He also had a good one on Raw against Luger in the summer of 94. I'm not making that up. It's actually really good. In WCW, it is harder to find what I'd call like a really good Kevin Nash match. Wasn't what I was looking for even back then with Kevin Nash. True. I was looking for this big ass guy that like kind of was the muscle of yeah. the New World Order. Yeah. Right? It's, like, it's kind of like he's just hanging back. Yep. And if they need him to beat the shit out of somebody, yep. he's he's bigger than everybody. Yeah, but I would say the Bash at the Beach match is rewatchable. Oh, yeah. 96. I mean, that that's a classic. The one against Harlem Heat is pretty good. I like that. I've always yeah, liked that that's match. That's good. Um, you know, it's one interesting thing, and I know they, they did it, but I never felt it got its fair due, was that they should have had a real classic between Giant and fucking Kevin Nash, right? Didn't that feel like that should have been a big match? They never really did that right. I yeah, know they it was had just the like feud. on Nitro or it's like it's always like sort of going on, kind of. They were supposed to fight at big, Starcade. Sexy the giant killer yeah, and all this. That. Yeah. Wasn't there also medium sexy the Nash killer? Wasn't that like Scott Poss- Hall when he turned possibly, heel? I don't know. This is real. I just <laughs> felt like that was always like a miss, like it could have been better. That's all. I agree. Because I when Paul White was like really young like that, he was actually like really good. Very agile. Yeah. Uh, very capable in the yeah. ring. Yeah. Not that we're talking about missed opportunities here. It's not really the subject. But <laughs> no, I'm I just, know. I'm just saying that's a guy that seemed like when we're talking about WCW, maybe what they should have done with Nash more. It's indicative of WCW that people kind of just have the, the rule yeah. of the roost and yeah. Nash never really, they never had a good blow off the two of them. Yeah. It always felt like this like, they were teasing each other, yeah. And I never remember there being some really huge match between them that was that mattered at all and was, was memorable. Was supposed to be Starcade, but Nash no showed for whatever reason. Okay, WCW man. I mean, it's not like <laughs> WCW can do anything. Yeah, that's the like, point, right? That's like, a difference between WWF and that, though. Yeah, but anyway, as far as uh, Nash as the main eventer in 90, 1995, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, the the Sid feud is terrible. Yeah. Uh, the Mabel match is not good. I mean, there's a lot of crap. The, the Bulldog Sid match should have been good. It should have been. That's the fucking thing about the That's Sid. That's so mad. That makes me so mad. It's just like it's just like with Giant, too. It's yeah. like it's these things with Kevin Nash that should be really good. And I think that's where this opinion comes from. It's like, oh, he never did anything good. He, yeah, because and he like didn't he do much in WWE. Because he has these prominent, like, failures with people that you would expect right that would be very good like giant and, and Sid, Sid and yeah, stuff like that should be good yeah would you call the Goldberg match at Starcade 98 rewatchable would you classify it as that 
I think it's a piece to watch for how you fuck up a company. <laughs> like, if, if you want, if if you're running a wrestling promotion, if you're like, I don't know, Tony Khan or any of those kind of people. Yes. When you have a hot star, you should maybe go watch Kevin Nash versus Goldberg, and and after you watch it, be like, that's not how I'm gonna book my star. Um, that that will help you yeah. a lot. Do not taser him. No um, cattle prods. Don't wear a yellow shirt. Right. And do no. it and. and and don't make your biggest star like a loser afterwards. Yeah, that's pretty much what they did. Yeah. Um, overall, though, I do uh, I do want to say that I think Kevin Nash, when he wanted to have a good match, when he needed to have a good match, which was mainly the WWF, and he had the right person to work with, and he was motivated. He has some good stuff. He held up his end of these good matches. It's not yeah. being a, it's not a carry job necessarily. No, he was not the kind. He was the kind of guy that when he was motivated to give you a good match, he'll give do you it. a good match. Yeah, and he did do it plenty of times. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon tag match. There's good stuff. He, you know who he's like in the modern day. Here's a guy I always I sing his praises because I I think this is truly what he is. What's that? The Miss. The oh Miss. God, here you we give, go. You give Miss. <laughs> A piece of shit, <laughs> and he gives you a piece of shit right. match, right? Yes. You give Miz a great wrestler, and he he'll meet. He does his best. He, he meets him, and and Miz can have great matches. That's not a that, bad one. That that is like that's what Kevin Nash is. It's the same fucking thing. You give Kevin Nash somebody that he can work with. Excellent fucking match. The difference with it, like with a Sean or Brett, is that they can like carry somebody that sucks to a good match. This is correct. Whereas yes. a Kevin Nash, a Miz, for yes. example, like those two types of people. You have to give them a good wrestler, but they'll they'll hold up their end of the bargain. Correct, like they'll, they'll do their end. Well, you heard it here first. The Miz and Kevin Nash are the same thing. Yeah, uh, but really, thank you, Sean Malone, because that was a good question or qu- statement, I guess. And we hope we changed your mind. But if we didn't, that is quite all right, folks. Let us know what you think. Kevin Nash, the wrestler, his best matches, rewatchable, I guess, would be the question. And is there another star then, if it's not Kevin Nash? That might be the uh, biggest star to have not one rewatchable match. You can do that. Give us your feedback on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, the stinkage factor begins. Oh, stinkage. The stinkage begins. We are pulling the first two names out of the tank for the Royal Flush. We're going to see where they rank. It's the Royal Flush of world title changes. And that is coming up right after this. In terms of momentum, in terms of uh, uh, of your your ambitions, tell us what you feel you can give the World Wrestling Federation with a victory over Bret Hart. Well, what does that mean to you if, in fact, that happens? I mean, uh, Bret Hart has been here for 10 years. I mean, he's been a cornerstone of the World Wrestling Federation. He's been the epitome of a, of a true professional, of a true champion. Uh, two times, uh, in my estimation, I jackknifed him, and, and two times uh, there's been outside interference that has uh, hindered me from making the cover. I mean, the question lies in my mind, can I beat this man? You know, I'm not going to sit over and say that he hasn't given me two dogfights, we haven't been through two wars. I'm not going to say that because it's been a war. It's going to be one again. But the thing is, I'm bigger, stronger, and smarter than I was in January. All right, Bretton, one final question to you. You've done it all. You've done it all twice. Two-time WWF Tag Team Champion, Intercontinental Champion, World Wrestling Federation Champion. What makes Bret Hart tick? Why does Bret Hart reach for this brass ring, if you would, one more time? Is it is it the money? 
Is it the glory? What is it, Brett? What What's driving well, you? Certainly not the money. Are you looking for something new? You've got to try C. Howard Violets. That's right, guys. I promise you've never had a candy like this before. They're unique. They're delightful. They're addicting. And listen, I wouldn't do this if they weren't. In fact, I want you to go to cHowardCompany.com right now. Pause the show. Pick up their sampler. Get a pouch of Violets. Heck, buy a Violet shirt. Just tell them OVP sent you there. You've heard about the blue chew. Well, this is the purple chew, and I'm telling you, these things are truly delicious. Even Quinn likes them now. Again, that's cHowardCompany.com. The letter C, HowardCompany.com. And remember, tell them OVP sent you there, because you've got to try the violets. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode 222, Monday, May the 10th, 2021. Hope you're having a good day. I'm still Joe Morata with Michael Quinn. Still may, here. May the 10th be with you. May the 10th be with you. Uh, Quinn, you know what can be with them, if they want it, is our pay-per-view reviews. Yeah, PPV. PPV. And the 1983 canon, and that's on Patreon. Quick plug here. We don't do this to get rich. We're not trying to steal your money. But if you like what we do and you want to support us, we're going to give you a lot of extra stuff. Quinn, it's just two extra bucks for the 1983 canon. Only that's two. it. That's $2. It. You're not even going to miss that. $2? <laughs> <laughs> That's like a delivery fee at, on Uber or yeah, something. Yeah, it might even be cheaper these yeah, days, you know yeah. what I'm saying. So why don't you dash right on over there to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. You can get the 1983, soon to be 1984, canon. And if you want to... It's a huge value for $2. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weekly show, folks. It is, every Friday. It's its own canon. Video you, or audio. If you want to know what's going on in the side canon, yeah. maybe the top canon, I'm not sure. It might yeah. be the top canon. Who knows? might be uh, getting bigger than this show even. You never know. You decide. Yeah. Uh, but you can do that. It's just two bucks a month. And you can even test drive the free ones, the older ones, on this podcast feed and on our YouTube channel. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're at it, one way or another, just so you're in there. But that's just two bucks a month. And then the top tier that we offer is $5. There's no, like, nothing beyond that. So an extra, like, maybe two Uber delivery fees. Yeah. <laughs> so if you ordered... Three lunches from Uber Eats. It would equal all the delivery fees. Yeah. You know, at lunch hour, because I know sometimes they get a little stupid around like two o'clock. They they're like four ninety nine now. Yeah. Like, and it's like, what, what is that about? <laughs> and then it's like you only got one month of Patreon. Or if you get a coffee once a yeah. month, that's your coffee. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But really, five bucks a month is gonna get you the eighty three canon and the pay per view reviews. Like we mentioned, we are kicking off 1993 this month. The Royal Rumble is out, and next month will be WrestleMania 9. So if you're interested in what we think of every WWF pay-per-view, just hop on there. Five bucks a month. You can try it right now. Pause the show. I'll wait. Thank you for signing up. Give it a shot. It's uh, really no commitment, no pressure, but if you like what we do, you're going to like the extra stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you want to support us, that's a great way to do so. Uh, And if you don't, quite all right uh but patreon.com slash ovp podcast if you want to now michael yes the stinkage the stinkage <laughs> factor must be talked about yeah. analyzed and revealed it's, big, big. it's the royal flush week number one now if you're new to the show you might be wondering what is the royal rankings what is the royal flush what is the stinkage factor what is the stinkage factor we're going to tell you all about that so before every season starts we ask you the fans to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something and then we put those into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. Joe Merkel takes all your votes, compiles them, and then we know what we're pulling from here, okay? For this season, we're doing world title changes. It could be WWF, NWA, WCW, anything with a world title qualifies, yeah. right? We started the rankings last week. That's the 10 best. 
This week, Quinn, the flush, which means the stinkage. Your smelly. favorite. It's so smelly. <laughs> now, by the end of the season, once we're done ranking here, what you are going to have is the definitive certified organic non-GMO baptized ordains USDA certified organic and healthy. Best and worst world title changes of all time. Obviously, this is a new season, so there's nothing on the board yet. The newest. So why don't we briefly run down our criteria as far as world title changes. Quinn, we're not just talking match quality, mm-hmm. but that can factor, right? Yes. Can that factor? That can factor into the stinkage. But we're mainly talking about, I guess, the surrounding context, the buildup to how we got to here, the impact it might have had. Right. And a good title change, you know, last week, just to clarify what we started with on the good side and the rankings was Goldberg Hogan right. and Austin Michaels. And those are two very big, notable title changes. Yes. And they led to good things or they kicked off an hour, whatever the case may be. But Quinn, for the flush, it's kind of the opposite. Okay. So you know how we say not memorable? This is memorable, but memorably bad. Correct. Something that, like, you're like, that fucking sucked, and I hated it, and right. blah, 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 and it's something that's, that stuck in your craw so bad that you still think about it to this day. It's like, this, ugh, and who, I hated this. And who likes getting anything stuck in their craw? Yeah, you, you got that craw stuck, stuck in your craw, and you're like, man, I can't get it out. It's like, it's like a stone in your shoe. Um, <laughs> that's what it is. And it and it stinks, and we don't like it. Yeah, and there's a lot of stinkage too. Sometimes it's like the match sucks, but like yeah, that's part of usually, it. Usually, I notice the worst of these. They represent like the beginning of some really bad times, like a horrible title reign or something. That's like a that. great yeah, point. Like it, yes, it's just it's, it always is like what it represents to people. It's the inverse of a good one, really. Yeah. It really is. So, with that said, I believe it is now time to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen. It is now time for the Royal With a cattle prodder, a stunt gun. David Arquette won the world title. Well, Big man, screwed him. Looks like a bitch. How did that go? How did it go? No, that's a Ready to go at it. It's the royal flush of world title changes. Ugh, I can smell it from here. Heard some stinky ones in there, didn't we, Quinn? Stinky. <laughs> there was some stink. Yeah. Uh, Quinn, we have talked hey, about. Can we? What the toilets? Yeah, they're always. Uh, they're very. This well, season, there's a they, lot in the tank. I said last season that they need to get their shit under control over there. <laughs> Literally, to turn the turn it down, <laughs> okay. Mister Toilet Boy over there, <laughs> Tail Hopper. Yeah, uh, Quinn. We've talked about the criteria. We heard some uh, some pretty bad ones in the intro there. Oh yeah, they're all bad. I don't know what we're pulling Horrible. out of the tank, but it's time to find out. Are we ready to plunge? Let's just let's, let's hit the plunger, get it out of <laughs> get it out of the drain there, so we can rank this shit. All righty. Let's go down to the fans and count down. Let's find out who drew number one. Hogan 
Why can't we escape 93 Hogan, Quinn? Well, come on. People just love 93 Hogan. He, you know, honestly, he really does represent shittiness. This sucks. Yeah, it's Hogan Yoko. Hogan Yoko, yes. You may have heard in the uh, soundbite there, but maybe you aren't familiar with this. Right, with JR's. Ow, Hogan! (laughs) It sounds terrible. You might have not been around and maybe aren't familiar with this incident. Joseph, what the fuck happened here? All right. Uh, As if we haven't talked about him enough lately. Well, it could be your first time, right? It could be, right? And and next month, obviously, for WrestleMania 9, we'll get to talk about this all over again. (laughs) Brief synopsis. Hogan left at WrestleMania 8. Yeah? Good! He wasn't sure or whatever. Just bored, brother. Yeah. Just bored. Got to go make movies about <laughs> boats and stuff. I don't know. And then in the meantime, Randy Savage was a champion. Ric Flair again. Bret Hart, right? So we get to Bret Hart, world champion in Saskatoon. On Coliseum video. Girl with the hat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're at it. We're outside uh, Caesar's Palace here. Did you win the title? Yeah, you know, I thought I did a good job. You know what's embarrassing <laughs> about that just on an aside? What? They're like... Talking about his glorious like matches and title wins right out right before he's gonna lose it. Yeah, like, it's like outside <laughs> in the parking lot or right. whatever. Literally. You know, and, you know what the fuck are they even they're in the arena and there's an arena behind them. Yes, there they, is. They just think about that I for know. a second. It's very sad. Yeah. Um <laughs> But anyway, Yokozuna wins the Royal Rumble in convincing fashion because Randy Savage forgets how Royal Rumbles work. Right. As usual. Big balls don't count. And Yokozuna is going to be the challenger. He's going to take on Bret Hart at WrestleMania 9 in the parking lot in the desert in Las Vegas. So we get there, and we talked about that match uh, not too long ago last season. But this is about the other correct, right? So Bret Yoko's okay, whatever. Whatever you think of it, it happens. Yokozuna wins because Mr. Fuji throws the salt. And then Hulk Hogan, who had already lost a match by DQ because he's an asshole and cheated yes. earlier in the night with him and his crony, yeah. Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> yeah, they, they hold up the tag titles, their music plays. They're, every, the money, like, just so aggravating. Giving money to Natalie Cole <laughs> and all this nonsense. <laughs> right. They're horrible. <laughs> they really Why, are. They are just so intolerable at this paper. I don't want to ever fucking see them again. I'd rather know what the fuck's happening with, like, Lex Luger and <laughs> right. Shawn Michaels. Yeah, for, that, was, like, that what, was good. What is that? <laughs> Mr. Perfect yeah. in the back, and I don't even like Mr. Mr. Perfect. But there's like, two doinks. What the hell's do- going there's, on? There's a lot of weird shit going there's on. A bird. But everything around the world title stinks oh, at this show. Awful. Brett, Yoko, and Mr. Mr. Hogan, Hogan over yeah. here. Yeah. So Hogan runs out in his stupid red attire. He checks on Bret Hart. Mr. Fuji gets on the mic. I'm, I'm rushing through this because we've talked about it right, so many right. times that everyone's probably tired of hearing about it. The bottom line is he wins the belt in like two yeah. seconds because yellow belly and surprise <laughs> and all this. And JR. Sounds terrible with his like early nineties yelling voice. Y'all going Hogan? Like, what is that voice? Yeah. Why does he sound like that? It's, it's, awful. it's like his proto yelling. It's terrible. It, but he's still like kind of high pitched for a little some reason. Primatine or something. Yeah. Now you know a little uh, primatine might just help to clear that up. There. Anyway, Hogan wins. Uh, now let's be honest. Because we like to be honest on this show, yes, Quinn. Yes, we're very honest. We're nothing if not Frank. I'm not Frank. Uh, I, I'm Joe. I, I might be Frank. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, we'll, we'll find out later. We'll have to, we'll have to <laughs> ask the birth certificate department or something. <laughs> um, but some of the fans, a good chunk of the fans that are there, are happy about this. They well, are I happy. I mean, it is Hulk Hogan. And he right? did just beat Yoko, and no one liked Yoko. And, and so no, I get that. No offense, probably some of them are like, seriously, like some of them are like, who the fuck is Brett? No, I get like, it. Like in the crowd, no. like they're like, uh, "This is WrestleMania." I I saw Hulk Hogan at the other one, you know, maybe yeah. Yeah. or maybe I don't even. All I know from wrestling is Hulk Hogan. 
Right. So they're like, well, Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, he wins the belt. Again, yeah, last week when we talked about Hogan in 93, we totally understand Vince's rationale for bringing him back in. We get that. I mean, he was still the most recognizable name in North American wrestling. Yeah, and I I would assume, like, you know, normal gamblers uh, going out for a cigarette and seeing this in the parking lot were like, wow, I just saw Hulk Hogan win the world title, you know, big deal. Are you inferring that? That they're leaving the casino, just wandering to the parking lot to smoke. I think some of the people that are there, maybe not in the stands, but like in the surrounding areas, because they are in the parking lot. (laughs) I'm just saying. What's that over there? And then they like, oh, that's Hulk Hogan. It's like, what what did I just see? Picked a fat guy. Just beat a big fat guy up, and then like two seconds later, it's like, okay, I need to go back to the craps table. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, craps. And then they tell their friend at the craps table, it's like, hey, uh, Hulk Hogan, what are you fucking drunk? Like, you know, (laughs) that's an apropos game to play during WrestleMania Nine, by the way. Craps, pretty crappy. Gorilla's at that craps table. (laughs) Probably was. That's why he's not on commentary. I don't feel good. Vince runs off to go gamble. Actually. That might explain everything. Why he was only in the toga a couple scenes, and then he was just degenerate gambling. Like, <laughs> like he's like, "It's I'm only going to do this." You know, you can't fire me, so it doesn't fucking matter. I'm going to go gamble the whole rest of the time. See you later. Yeah. Uh, anyway, because he was there. <laughs> he was there. He just decides. He's not, that's actually the most rational explanation for why Gorilla is not on commentary at WrestleMania Nine. He's gambling. It's not. It has nothing to do with like he could, but he just doesn't want to. Because there's blackjack, craps, uh, slot machines, right. and the like exactly. across the street, or in well, not even wherever it is, like five minutes away. <laughs> so anyway, Hogan wins. Some fans are happy. I'm not gonna deny that. And we've talked about '93 Hogan again. You know, last week. The problem with the rain is that he literally never defended the title one time until King of the Ring. Plus, he's just annoying, and he's extremely aggravating, unlikable. Bigger than, just such a fuckwad. I, I can't stand him <laughs> You posted the other day on our Twitter account, um, at yes. OVP Podcast on Twitter, a promo with him with the belt and Brutus Beefcake, and they're like, I don't know, they're filming Thunder and Paradise. Yes, that's possibly, what they're doing. And Brutus has the mask, and <sighs> Hulk Hogan is like, yo, brother, this is uh, Hulk Hogan in disguise, like, million dollar man or whatever. Horrible, and multi-million he, and he reveals dollar man. the belt, and he's like, we're, we didn't even really need the belt. He said, like, this is how he is. I know. The only reason I'm coming back, brother, is to prove that winning the belt for the fifth time, brah, was no fluke. That winning the belt for the fifth time was destiny, brother. You know, like, he just doesn't give a shit, and I don't know why he's the champion. That's a great point, and that's why I think this title change got voted on. It's not that we don't understand why they put the title on Hogan. We get that Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan. It's what what happened after is nothing. He's horrible. He's a horrible champion. He's not a good representative of the company. <laughs> right. It's a good representative of Thunder in Paradise. <laughs> like, and promoting that. And right. Boats and Florida and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, a bizarre situation. And, and really, it just feels like he's just auditioning for Turner to give him millions of dollars I know, like, right? at this point. Just a horrible thing. I don't even know much more to say about it. I mean, again, I understand the um, the surprise factor. You know, you you have Yokozuna win, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" You know, what a Yokozuna. I mean, it's pretty shocking that somebody would lose the world title like two seconds after they won it. But at the same time, it's like, look at this piece of shit. Right. Like, 
what wouldn't it be better? Remember, they're trying to build that guy, Mister Perfect, up. Maybe yeah. that happens. I don't know. Perfect I would, I would have been mad. He, Wins like, the world title. Yeah, maybe Mister Perfect terrible. like helps his friend Bret Hart. You know, we're family, or I was in the dungeon that time. Or, he what, what, they he always t- inferred he's another guy, just like just like um Piper Piper that they inferred that like oh yeah, Mister Perfect. He was big friends with Stu and they all were that. were friends though. Brett, Brett and Kurt were right, very so good friends. I'm just getting at like maybe like. That's it. Say you want to give it to somebody, you want to do the same thing, but you want to give it to somebody that actually maybe works there the next day. I think that would have been worse, though. Yeah, it would have been. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just pointing out that it would have been at least a little nicer for the company so, <laughs> to, to have a world champion that, you know, uh, shows up shows to that up building and defends the belt. Yeah, exactly. He didn't even do like in arena or in studio promos. They're all from that fucking Thunder in Paradise set. Throughout ninety three, they're or horrible. Probably Universal Studios with his kids. Yeah, no, that's where it Shit is. Like that. And imagine, and imagine that's your job, right? It's like I'm the world champion that doesn't need to show up, right? You get to hang out with this WF belt, and you're probably just at like fucking Disneyland all day, or like <laughs> yeah. I don't know, drinking a soda at a bar because I don't drink beer, brother, and because well, I don't yeah. want to get fat, whatever. What? I don't know. I, I just envisioned Hulk Hogan's like healthier or something. Yeah, a picture of health. Hulk Hogan, yeah. I just, uh, the natural orange color that he is. I don't see um, him as a drinker. I never noticed that. I bet he threw down his brewskis. Yeah, you yeah. think? Amstel he Light. He didn't have a re- reputation for drinking, specifically. That's good. Yeah. I, I Well, he's an American hero. Yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? He was a clean-cut individual. He had more of a reputation for maybe other drugs, yeah. but like not alcohol. This should tell you how much we're interested in talking about Hulk Hogan yeah. 93 anymore, but yeah. the thing that I wanted to just mention here is you know, all the shitty promos, right? The lack of title defenses. And another thing that grinds my gears about it, one last word on this, is that throughout his dumbass promos in the spring of 93, he's not defending the world title. He's not promoting matches for the world title. It's him and Beefcake trying to win the tag titles from Money, Inc. throughout oh, the yeah. whole spring. Th- this WF belt, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. we, we, you know, we didn't get the tag belts, brother. <laughs> we're, we're pissed about that shit. Like, so he's uh, we t- got Titanium Steel and Jimmy Hart, and we blew it. Like, so he's taking up Two title scenes simultaneously. <laughs> and he's not even wrestling. Why did everyone hate this? Why did it get voted so high? This was number. This was very high in the voting from from March to like July. He's such a fucking pain in the ass, or whatever. Yes, or June maybe. I don't know. King when, of the Ring is June. He leaves yeah. in August. But thank goodness. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> he just eats up like a quarter of the year of just motorcycles, brother, and uh, fucking Florida and all this shit. Baldo just, Ronaldo, whatever go, the hell he's Go saying. the fuck away. <laughs> I, like, please. go. I, I'm happy you're going to WCW. Yeah, seriously. Please fucking leave. Like, you're so annoying at this point. <laughs> I can't even say any more to that. I yeah. have, You said it all, Quinn, because that, yeah. that really does sum it up, and this title change is where that all starts. So, yeah. okay. With that said, I think we find out now who drew number two. I reached around to grab Sean's leg, and I could hear someone say, ring the bell. That's when I knew it was Vince McMahon. I finally realized that they screwed me. They really screwed me, the lousy bastards. Okay, Montreal Screwjob, this, you know, I never would have thought of this, believe it or not. I can see how people could be really upset about this title change. Like Bret Hart? Yeah. <laughs> Specifically. No. I'm I'm the best or they whatever. Screwed me, the fucking assholes. But I swear to God, I didn't know. Yeah, God will strike you down, Hunter. 
I swear to God, I mean nothing about Yeah, well, about swear this. to God all you want, someday God is going to strike you down. I mean, yeah. I know no, you're upset, even, but... No, I am upset. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't know anything you about this. You had just as much to do with it as the rest of them. I know it's like very upsetting and I understand everyone's very mad, but you look, you, you take a step back for a second and look how ridiculous all of this is. It's a like, scene. like these people are really mad about a fake wrestling belt. I know. It's and, and, and a guy oh. getting paid millions of dollars to leave. I know. Like, I'm just, I know people, it's not the right way to do it. And I understand that too. I'm just saying like, just take a step back and look at what these people are angry about. Only in wrestling, man. Yeah. There's no, I can't think of much to like equate that to in the real world. Like I can understand the real world yeah. job. You give your notice. You've been there a long time. Mm -hmm. And maybe right before you're supposed to leave, they do something to really upset you. Right. I can understand that. Most so people would go home, bitch to their wife or the other way around, if their wife got fired, they bitch to their yeah. wife, whatever. And then just start your new and job. And then they start the new job and they fuck that place. Right. Like, right? Instead, this guy goes on a fucking rampage. I know. Fucking Throw monitors his, around. His wife's also in. It's like if your wife was at work to like yeah. advocate for you and then starts shitting on all the employees. I love how like, Julie runs in like she came from a PTA meeting, basically. It's amazing. I in love the it. like Roseanne coat. Yeah. Like from <laughs> the purple coat from season like six or whatever. Yeah, like season five and yeah. six. But anyway, we know the Montreal Screwjob. I don't want to relitigate the why of and all listen, of that. And listen, that last thing, we're not defending Vince either. It's we're just, not defending it, anyone. We're just looking at the scene and it's kind of funny. That's we're, do all. we're doing like, this from like an isometric view. Yeah, it's, exactly. I, I can see both sides of it. I get Vince's side. I get Brett's side. We're not here to talk about the sides, right? Yeah. We're this, here is not, this is about the title change. I got to say one thing about it, though. I mean, it's the only one, I'm sure, on this list that's actually not a... a people are going to fucking argue this. Not a work. You know what yeah. I mean? And people are going to say, yeah, it's a work. Montreal's a work. Fine. Save that for another time, please. One of the okay. only matches that ends and it's not a work. It's not a work, right? Yeah. Or at least it's... The consensus is it's not a work, okay? Right. And with that said, it's very bizarre. It's very odd. It's an anomaly. What really sticks out to me about this match, actually, that that really does get overlooked, everything up to the ending is great. Yeah, like, no, it's, it's good. Really good. It's, it's like the best Sean and Bray, the realest fucking match. Right. And even though it, the, the realest, the ending is real, but the <laughs> fake part seems real too. That's like, what I that's, love about that's, it. That's the craziest shit. There you see Vince McMahon there, trying to convince these guys to get in the ring. From what I understand, too, Quinn, by November, I mean, I wouldn't say that Brett and Sean liked each other by then, but they were on professional terms. Exactly. They were like, the, everything. The, the actual, we, like, bickering had kind of stopped. It kind of died down. Right, at that point. Brett knew he was leaving. Yeah. So what the hell is he going to do? Just hate Shawn Michaels the rest of his life? Obviously, he did after Montreal they for a long still, time. They still weren't like. They didn't like each other. Like each other, but. I think that contributes to the idea that Shawn Michaels didn't give a fuck if they were going to screw him. He's just going to go along with it, right? Of course. Like, That's like, what he was there to do. I don't do. like that guy anyway. I had like, to work you know there I mean? tomorrow, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had to be there tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah, they they work an extremely realistic brawl. It's amazing. It's like, a real... Like, I love, it feels the, real. I love the match. Yeah, personally, it's a good match. Other, up to the ending. Yeah. In fact, I get nowadays looking back at it, I get more disappointed that it was that ending because I like this is a great match and it's just kind of ruined. Now, let me ask you a question because I don't know how much meat is on this bone as far as it being a title change. We all know the implications of that. 
a lot of people could argue that it led to great things, you know, Montreal. So, right, yeah. <laughs> let me ask you this. What would you have thought of it if they did the Bret Hart, you know, finish? What Bret Hart wanted as a finish, you know, the big schmoz. That would have pissed me off, too. Because it's not a clean ending? Honestly, it, it, if they didn't want it to be clean, I would have preferred, I don't know, China or Hunter Hel- Hearst Helmsley. Maybe they, they pull some shit and maybe distract Brett, and then maybe the Hart Foundation brawls with them outside, and then maybe Sean gets a cheap, like, roll-up or some shit right. because of the distraction. Right, Something right. like that, right? Yeah, I have... Like Brett after just, this whole brawl, Brett just didn't want to lose to him. Yeah, in uh, in Montreal, because we, we know that. we know Brett's got it. The belt has to he get has off to him lose it somehow, yeah. right? He has to, right? He's not gonna. He's going to work for WCW. So that's set in stone already. Remember, he yeah. faxed it like yeah. the week before. That's done. <laughs> that's done. He's got to drop this at some point, even yep. if it's tomorrow on Raw, or whatever he wants in to Ottawa, do. which he would have done. He says, but yeah. Vince didn't. Again, we don't need to. We know. We yeah. all know. Okay, whatever okay. your opinion is of why. I know and who's right or wrong. So I, I think nowadays people just, it's either they like Bret Hart or they like Shawn Michaels and that's the camp they're in. Yeah. I'm kind of just like, I understand all sides and obviously I'm a Shawn Michaels fan. Maybe I'm a little biased, whatever. But I mean, I look back at it and I kind of have the opinion that both stars have now that it's all kind of water under the bridge, whatever the fuck. Like he, he, that Bret seemed to be that way after like 2005 anyway, when he reconciled with everyone. 2010 with Shawn. But yeah, yeah or, I'm sorry. Yeah. Brett is still Brett, obviously, but I don't think that he's as upset about Montreal anymore. I think it just brings he, back painful memories when people ask him about it. People ask him about it, it brings back painful memories, but I you also know? think Brett Hart now fully understands all sides of it. Whereas he maybe he does. Maybe he didn't at the time because he was just so angry. He was right? extremely angry, he, yeah. He understands where Sean was coming from. He understands where even Vince was coming from now. Right? I suppose so. So this is why it's a weird one, though, Quinn, because a lot of people would say that it was due to the screw job that Vince McMahon had a wide open avenue to develop his Mr. McMahon character. I mean, it helped. It definitely helped. Well, according to Vince Russo, which, you know, I should preface that by saying a lot of people hate Vince Russo. And if you do, then you can ignore what I'm going to say. But according to Vince Russo, and this might be corroborated elsewhere. They wanted to sweep all this under the rug. And Vince Russo was like, no, we got to capitalize on this. And Vince is sitting there with a black guy. And I remember all the agents and all the old school guys, everybody in that room wanted to just sweep the incident under the rug and ignore it like it never happened. And I listened to everybody and I'm listening. And I finally just said, I I said, I said, are you guys like out of your freaking mind? I don't blame. This, this really happened. Let's take advantage of it's it. It's a great opportunity. Right. And it's, you know what the weirdest part is? I hear a lot of people theorize these days. Oh, this was, they screwed them on purpose because it was like doubly beneficial for them. Like right. as if like this was also part of some master plan. Like when in reality, this is, this is a absolute fuck up in like HR handling of somebody. <laughs> like this is like, your worst fucking nightmare. And they just realized after the fact that they had a huge opportunity here based off something they fucked up on. It's kind of like the Daniel Bryan thing. Like they, they fucked up. Like they, they shouldn't have pushed, uh, you know, Batista or whatever. And then they realized they shouldn't have. They said, we have a huge opportunity. It's the same thing. So when you go back and look at it, it looks like, oh, that was all planned all no, along. No, no, no. It's but it just wasn't. They, 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 they really fucked up handling Bret Hart's exit. Yes, they did. And, and they, but they realized, well, we can, you know, t- 
turn this into a great thing. Let's capitalize on the heat we have and yeah. the interest we have. And it worked. So I don't know that I'd call it from that point of view bad. Obviously, if you're talking about the way a wrestling match is supposed to end, it's the worst one because it, that's not the planned finish. Well, yeah, it's technically the worst ending possible. Right, right. right? It's like we didn't even do what we wanted to right. do. Like it's a legitimate like the things went wrong here. Well, sometimes when you do what you don't want to do, it's better than what you wanted to do. You know, those are some nice words of wisdom there, Quinn, yeah. the more you know. So I don't know where this is going to rank. It's it's an outlier to me. It's very bizarre. It's very bizarre, but it's actually, at the same time, I find it one of the most... Comp- still to this day, if I go back and watch that match, the ending is still compelling, regardless of like you, what you know and whatever. You're like, you, you still like... If you haven't seen it in a while, you step back and you're like, I can't even fucking believe this happened. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's so weird. It is. Like, it, it's still it's so surreal. weird. There's nothing like it ever on like maybe any media. Think about it. It's like most of the time, it's as if you were like, I don't know, watching Game of Thrones and in the middle, the characters like didn't do what was on the script. <laughs> and then like, for some reason they didn't edit it out because they're like, Oh, this is even better than what we planned. Like an improv. Like, yeah. It's like, it's weird. Like it's, yeah. it's as if, it's, it's as if somebody literally like stopped playing their role in a fictional television show yeah. and did whatever the fuck they wanted. It really is weird. You're yeah. right. There's this, there's no like normal sports equivalent to yeah. this happening. Cause yeah. sports aren't pre-planned that we know of. Or in any other medium. Yeah, it's very bizarre, Quinn. It yeah. really is strange. But I don't know if that makes it one of the worst title changes. I, does that make sense? Like, it's not good from no. the point of view of, like, you know what I mean? No. And I didn't like it because I liked Bret Hart. I didn't even know. I mean, I was 12, right? So I don't even know if I knew he was leaving, but it felt Personally, like- I was extremely confused. Were I was you- like, what? Like, because I didn't know Bret Hart was leaving. Yeah, I don't know that I did. I either. really didn't know, and and I all I knew is the next night they start. They did almost like retcon it and started highlighting clips where Jr. was like saying early in the night, "It's like, or now Bret Hart's not coming back or whatever." Yeah, blah, blah, something blah. to that effect, they, they, right? They, I don't. I remember hearing that like inserted or something. Like maybe not inserted, but Jr. said it the night before because I'm pretty sure I didn't even get this pay-per-view live. I didn't either. I and heard like, about it. And I heard about it, which was very weird too. And I don't know if that's because maybe WCW had something going on at that point and maybe I watched it the previous month so it was like hard for me to get the, like I remember back then if you got a pay-per-view the previous month it was like really fucking hard to get your parents to get the one next month. Well, maybe you were just saving up for Starcade. Yeah, so maybe. you can get disappointed there. Yeah. No, I know. I was confused too and it's just bizarre, but what, what sucked is that the match itself, like you said, is actually really well done. Very realistic. It's one of the best Brett Sean matches. It's, it it's is. better than 12. Hell yeah, opinion. it's yeah. better than 12 because there's heat and it matters and it just feels like finally these two are fucking fighting. It's been but a it, year. It felt, yeah, it felt also like, wow, we know they really hate each other, but now we actually get to see them really blow that steam off. And that's, what right. it, that's what, how that match was portrayed and it felt that way and it was really cool. And if you go by what happened, even though it wasn't planned, well, it wasn't planned by Bret Hart. It was planned by other people. But if you go by the finish, right, it's still, from a storyline point of view, would make sense. Like, oh, Sean fucked him. Yeah. You know, Sean events fucked him and yeah. Sean wins. You know I mean, what I'm saying, right? people after watching that, it was like, that's a pretty damn good show. Right. And then, like, they didn't even think anything of it. Right, what and a good finish. They, 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 they hear on the news that, <laughs> that, that, like, that shit was fucking real. And you're the like, news. wait, excuse but like Peter you know, Jennings talking about I, it. Who, didn't this? How did this? You know what's interesting about all this? How did this get 
to the point because a lot, I remember, I know the people who watched it live, it would kind of just cut off, right? Yeah, right after Sean walked through the aisle with the belt. How was the information disseminated like so quickly? Because it felt like the next night we knew what the fuck was going on. Well, because they winked at the audience about it. And then a couple of weeks later, Vince did the uh, Brett screwed Brett promo. Yeah, but it felt like the next night things were totally different. Like that, like I don't, I feel like I, I heard about it from people who Probably. said like, you know, that was real. Like, and not like, and it's like, huh. we, I know, you know, wrestling's fake, but that was fucking real. Like probably the internet Quinn and the yeah. influence of the, I mean, it was still, you know, obviously not as big as it is today, but the internet was still a thing, right. you know, and, and the smart people on the internet and whatever. I'll say, I'll say this just before we go to ranking time. I remember hearing about this and being so fucking mad that I didn't get this pay-per-view because like as somebody was that, it, that wrestling becoming real was starting to or wrestling, you know, the working that the behind real, the scenes yeah. stuff going on in my and how it all worked. Yeah. I was so mad I didn't see this shit go down live. Like <laughs> I was so fucking angry. Yeah, I was too. Like I it I think that says a lot about it being a good mat, a good world title change. I mean it's not I was like I, I was like, I gotta see this. <laughs> yeah, like, right, right. Like, I gotta this is crazy, right? Yeah, no, I know. It was it's definitely unique. Yeah. It's unique, if nothing else. All right. Ranking time. We only have these two to put against each other. Okay. Hogan Yoko. <laughs> fucking awful. I, I fucking hate it. It is um it is the beginning of a dark time for the world title. Yeah. Because Hogan is just never on anything and when he is it's taped promos and they're Where, horrible promos. Whereas um the other thing we're talking about is the beginning of a good time regardless of the ending. And that's the thing. Like <laughs> I don't, they're like bookends here. Yeah. I don't think that um that Montreal is like in the traditional sense a good title change. Hell no. I think we can all agree on that. Not even the title change they wanted to do. Right. <laughs> but is it more entertaining the match and the surrounding, you know, the fallout than yes. Hogan Yoko? 100%. Right. Yes. Is it, did it lead Everything to better about things? about that match right. beginning to end, even with the screw job, is a hundred times better than this Hogan shit. That's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah. So Hogan Yoko is obviously a much more traditional storyline. You know, the, yeah. The babyface champion loses to the big fat foreign heel. So then the old guard comes out, gets a match, wins it right away. Yay. And so in a capsule, that looks great. But then when you really look at what happened, it's terrible. Let me let me exemplify how much better the screw job is than the Yoko thing. Okay. The screw job is so it, it's a fuck up, yes. Oh, of course. But it's a pretty damn influential fuck up. So much so that Starcade ninety seven gets affected by it. Then Survivor Series 98 gets affected by it. <laughs> and they're like, and, and so on and so forth. Like CM Punk, all those years later, they try to like emulate that. Like, it's always like, man, we really got to catch that lightning in a bottle of somebody like got fucked over. Right. It's right. like it, that that becomes a thing that wrestling, a moment that wrestling chases after for years and years and years and years. And it's all based around a fuck up, like a shitty ending. Poor handling of, yeah. a, of a wrestler's exit, right? Almost like people... It's wishful thinking that you could fuck up something that bad again, like because then <laughs> to it your would, advantage, because then it would be interesting. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's a fair way to put it, Quinn. Yeah, I think I have to put yeah uh, Hogan Yoko uh, number one. Yeah, Hogan Yoko's worse. Well, it's definitely worse it than this. Sucks. Yeah. I don't care. I think Montreal's one of those like, oh, it's gonna be ten. Like it's just like, well, <laughs> Maybe. like it's actually not even bad in the grand scheme of things despite, from a wrestling standpoint. Despite its shittiness, yeah, it's somehow great. 
Like that's that's <laughs> that's what it is. Okay. Uh, I'm cool that if you are, we'll put yeah. we'll put Hogan Yoko WrestleMania nine the number one ceremonial like the first one. We don't really have to. I mean, it's it's that's fairly what it obvious is. here, right? All right. So for week number one here on the flush at number one, Hulk Hogan Yokozuna WrestleMania nine, and at number two, Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels, the Montreal Screwjob, Survivor Series 97. Those are the first two on the board for the flush. Folks, let us know where you think they should rank. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, time to go down to Memphis, baby. Back to Memphis. I cannot wait. Are we so wild down there? Wild and woolly. We're going down for some Memphis Southern style wrestling, and that is coming up right after this. The World Wide Web is in danger. Get a move on, buddy. Hops run now. Time to dress for success. To catch a terrorist on the internet. He is pumping a tracer virus into the world banking system. It takes a computer genius to bust a computer genius. Download the action. Ha! Access the adventure. Ha! Surfing the net was never like this. Slow down! It's not me! Thunder's going crazy! It's got a mind of its own! Chaos on the Super Information Highway. Thunder in Paradise next week. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, Check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF, it might be WCW, it could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about Booking the Territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode 222. And uh, Quinn, we are going down to Memphis. We are going down. Now, Memphis Wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. I think never ever fails to deliver something fun for us. Um, no, Every it really time. doesn't. <laughs> it's actually it. like incredible. If you've never heard us review Memphis, folks, you would think, oh, these two northern assholes from New Jersey, right? They only like the WWF. They lick Vince McMahon's bum. No, mm-hmm. we actually like other wrestling a we lot. We do. Um, <laughs> we appreciate it's, it's it. Just, you know what it is? It's a we like WWF a lot. We grew up as fans. Uh, we of grew that. up as fans a lot, but when we get to see other stuff, it does make us happy if it's good. Yeah, and sometimes it's horrible, and we say that we think it's horrible. And I do think it affects our mentalities towards certain matches. Some matches maybe we don't like as much as other maybe Southern style wrestling fans that sure. are more used to them or something. People like arm bars are real yeah. hot down there. It sucks. I hate arm bars. <laughs> I, I'm very critical of if you have too much arm. Yeah, Quinn doesn't like arm. Yeah. Uh, But what we're doing today is Memphis Wrestling, and I just want to state for the record here that we are taking specific episode requests over on our Facebook group. Right. So basically all you do, there's an announcement post. You put it in there. If it's on YouTube, put a link that's even better. That makes it much easier. Makes it much easier, but But if it's not, that's okay. Yeah, if it's not, we we have means. We have means. Yeah. (laughs) We do have means, okay? Yeah. And we are trying to chip away at every suggestion we get. We cannot promise when and where we will get to yours. But as we go through the seasons and as we go through our episodes, we're going to do our best to take your request because it really is your show. We we wouldn't be doing it if it's, it's you the, weren't here. Uh, it's the fans podcast. It really. is. Yes. 
So this was suggested by a good old friend of the show, Don Depinay, Depinay, Depinay. I don't know how to say his name. Always, He's never told me. We're always debating yeah. how we say it. And uh, honestly, Don, don't even tell us. Okay, don't yeah, even, just don't. don't even let us let us let mate let that be your gimmick. <laughs> Today we'll go with Don Depinay. That's usually yeah. what I say. Yeah, that rhymed. Anyway, it's Memphis Wrestling, June sixteenth, seventy nine. So Memphis, we've done several of. I don't know that we've ever done one from the 70s of any year in the 70s. I don't think we've gone this early on Memphis, and I'm kind of excited about it. Me too. We love Memphis for various reasons. Short matches, usually. Perfect. Lance Russell. Lance Russell. Chaos. Yep. Dave Brown. Yeah. Chaos before it was, like, popularized. Honestly, it was, like, always the fucking Attitude Era over here. (laughs) Like It's like every show, there's some bullshit that goes down. It's great. I swear, like, every single episode, it's just, like, it always ends in a bunch of nonsense by the end. There's always a lot of blood brawling. It's awesome. And uh, I know why Don suggested this one, but we won't reveal it yet. We'll just get right into it, Quinn. So without any further ado, it is Memphis Wrestling, June 16th, 79. And like I said before, we're back to Memphis, but way back in time this time. I'm going to say right off the bat, I think it's generally the same, but let's let's find out. Let's find out. We yeah. get the classic intro, as always. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Rick Flair. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I mean. Yes, I the know. The statue is back, as usual. Wrestling. Yep. Just wrestling. Wrestling. The the- they own the wrestling. They I, do, I, man. I've said this before. Memphis in Memphis. No, fuck. They own the fucking wrestling. You don't fuck with Memphis There is wrestling. no other wrestling. No. This is wrestling. They, this is the fans that went to the Mid-South Coliseum, the fans that went to the tapings and watched us on TV, they are so fucking loyal. You don't get any other fucking channels <laughs> no. back then. You just have, you know, probably two, four, and seven or whatever. Five. Maybe five. This possibly. is five, I think. This is five. Yep. Whatever. Dave, Dave Brown, for those of you that don't know, he was also like the weatherman on the yeah. station. Yeah. Like, he doesn't when, care. When this shit's over, <laughs> you, you're, tonight when you're checking the weather on the, the, the nightly news... <laughs> You're going to find out what the weather is tomorrow from the same guy telling you about the wrestling. (laughs) How awesome is that, though? It's very charming. It's very local. I love it. I got to rush over to the (laughs) meteorology studios or whatever after this shit. I'll tell you the barometric pressure over here. I wonder, like, honestly, can somebody show us, like, a Dave Brown, like, weather report? Because I would wonder, does he bring up, like, he was like, Wow, that shit with fucking uh, Jerry the King was pretty crazy. But yeah. by the way, it's going to be uh, sunny and 73 degrees tomorrow. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. The Memphis crime problem and solutions are discussed by two mayoral candidates. We'll have those stories, plus Jack has wrestling highlights. And Dave says he's looking for a cold front. All that coming up next on Action News. Anyway, we're joined by no one because we jump cut right to a match in progress. Immediately, the quality is awful Uh, because 70s. Yes, very 70s quality. Hey, Ken got him by the hair right there. I think what he was doing just helping him out. Uh, Dave Brown and Lance Russell are on the call, though, as we get to see Ken Wayne, oh, goody, taking on Dallas Montgomery, who (sighs) looks like a big dork. Who are these people? Well, Ken Wayne is not a nightmare yet. He would later be oh, a nightmare. That, that's him. Yeah, okay, that's Ken Wayne. He's the other nightmare. Yeah. I always think of Danny Davis. Yes, he's the other one. Not not that Danny. Not the, that the, Danny. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of that going on in the show. People with names that yes. match and stuff. You'll see. And um, Ken Wayne's hair. Like, he kind of looks like a 1986 Shawn Michaels. His hair sucks. Yeah, it, it's, it's bad. It's awful. Montgomery has like a broccoli green singlet on. He looks like the like green that, giant. Yeah, he looks like the jolly green giant from Championship Wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Ken with an arm drag, but an elbow misses. Dallas goes for a ground and pound until Buddy Wayne fats his way in and beats the shit out of Dallas. In his dress shirt. Why? I have no context of what's going on. It looks like fucking Humperdinck. 
This it, guy. He does look like I Humperdinck. Thought, I thought that's who that was, actually. It really does look yeah. like Oliver Humperdinck. You're I, right. It's like, what is happening? Like, what? <laughs> Because they join in progress. So yeah, you're we really don't know. Absolutely fucking confused what's going on yeah, here. Yeah, we're a little cold on what's going yeah. on. Bill Dundee then runs in to break it all up. And thankfully, Lance doesn't <laughs> approve of any of this shit. This, kid, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, this is totally against the Lance. Yeah. Uh, he didn't get to introduce anybody. <laughs> like, everything's all fucked up. <laughs> and also, when we should note, the Memphis studio looks like extra shit it's- here incredibly pink joke it looks like they're fighting inside the look who's talking like fetus scenes like it, it looks like that like where for some reason it's like super bright in the womb you know what i mean in that movie I know exactly like why is it like lit up in there like so you can see yeah i know it's, they, see where they're they going. lit a womb for hollywood somehow like i don't even know how they did that does it surprise you yeah <laughs> anyway buddy again <laughs> It's real, right? Like in that movie, like why is it it's so real. why is it so fucking bright in there? I don't like, know. <laughs> anyway, Buddy and Ken Wayne wander over to Lance, and Lance immediately scolds Buddy. There's no excuse in that, Buddy. I just want to tell you, you embarrassed me. Tommy Gilbert, more on him Who? later. He then strolls over, more on him later, in a proud striped shirt, and he calls Buddy Fat Boy. And Buddy's like, "Hey, don't call me Fat Boy." I want to tell you something, fat boy. He just says it again. It's kind of funny. Hey, fat boy. Hey, don't call me fat boy, Tommy. I want to tell you something, fat boy. He tells Buddy never to lay his hand on his kid again because he's only 20. But who the fuck is anybody right now? I didn't. You're saying names. I don't know who any of these people are. We will. Don't worry, Quinn. We will. It all gets straightened out. Okay. Uh, Buddy Wayne looks like if Bruce Pritchard was on the Mark Madden diet, by the way. Possibly. Possibly. Tommy leaves. Buddy says a bunch of crap before Lance is like, all right, enough. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. By the way, Lance and Dave are in heroic white suits. Well, it's a special occasion uh, here in the pink zone. They look amazing. Yeah, they do look good. We go to break. We get a very brief commercial for Roundup Herbicide, which is sadly cut. Less than a (sighs) second. We barely get anything. We just see the bottle. Thought we were getting commercials today. I was actually excited. But uh, back to Lance with his Bob Barker mic. Mm -hmm. And he wants to talk about Sonny King, who strolls into the studio. Big booze. He looks great, Quinn. Nice white hat, karate gi, cigar. He looks amazing. Now, Sonny King, Quinn, I bet you didn't know this because I didn't. I looked it up. He was a WWF tag champion in the early 70s. Didn't know anything about this guy. Which is not too long before this. You know what I mean? He's 79. He's probably a very relevant figure in 1979. You want to know who his partner was? Who? Chief J. Strongbow. Well, that's a great... (laughs) That's always a good thing. I knew you would like Chief, that one. In this guy, that sounds like a great right? pairing, actually. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, if you get the dance. Oh, you're you fucking got, done. You're fucking done. And then you got Sonny King talking shit <laughs> on the side. He's awesome. As you've been danced. That's right. Like, it's like, you better watch out. That's right. Now, Sonny says he's here to straighten up all the crooked stuff going on here in Memphis. But Sonny, uh, back with us. And Man, we're, I uh, came here to I'll straighten up all of the crooked stuff you got around here. And apparently Tennessee will not reinstate him to wrestle. And Sonny's like, it's because I'm a threat. This is actually a good promo. Yeah, it is very good. He's a smooth talker, and I really like I it, like honestly. It. I've never, I've never yeah. seen him before that no, I know of anyway. I didn't know about this guy, but he, he really made an impression on me. Pretty good stuff. Uh, he says, you know, I'm a businessman. And he wants to make an offer to Jerry Lawler, to Bill Dundee, to Eddie Marlin, and to Lance Russell himself. And he says, whatever you own in Tennessee... I got people that want to buy it. I love this, Quinn. This is fun. He's taking over, man. <laughs> he's like, I'm invading. Yeah. I don't fucking care. He's like, I'll just take over this company. Right. He says this. Yeah, he's like, you won't let me wrestle? Well, yeah. I'll just do other shit. Yeah. 
I'm going to hire wrestlers. And <laughs> yeah. you know, he talks about this too. No, it's really, he's like, I'm going to redo wrestling in this area right here on Lance's show. I love that it's considered Lance's show because it really should be. <laughs> like he, he is the host and it's like somehow connected to the station and every, it's amazing. It's very similar to uh, Gordon. Yeah. Where it's like they, people always like vaguely refer to them in a position of authority. As if they make the decisions <laughs> right. around here. Like <laughs> it's, I miss this like mentality that the announcers are somehow running the whole thing. Like the last instance of that I really felt was like Gorilla, Gorilla. in the early days, like yep. where it's like implied that like Gorilla can make decisions right. for some reason. Like Gorilla ran prime time, they yeah. imply, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Like I don't know why, but it's never really said. <laughs> no. But it's also like the wrestlers, the way they talk about them they're always addressing like lance like it's your fault kind it's, of you know your what i mean fault, lance yeah it's your fault gorilla that yep. i don't have a title gordon. gorilla's not running this show whatever right? right yeah or like gordon with the suspension from the other day yeah. <laughs> remember when we were watching that oh yeah it's amazing <laughs> i love it sonny now reminisces about how he recently made jerry lawler look like a fool after he lost a loser leaves town match to him <laughs> lance you uh, not, you're not wrestling sonny sonny says uh, i want to do something real nice and he brings in Pete Austin, Ooh. who wanders like he looks like he just got done playing with Bachman Turner Overdrive. This looks guy very <laughs> like dusty and dirty, yeah, and disgusting. Like, and he's so gross. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who is this loser? He looks like a fucking jobber. He does. He does. So basically, Pete Austin is going to be Sonny King's representative in the ring. You see. So basically, Sonny's going to fill up the company with his like cronies. <laughs> so because he can't wrestle, yep. that's like his master plan, yeah, right? Not bad. They're going to like do his bidding. They're going to do his bidding like for him in the ring or some shit. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. <laughs> so Lance gets all pissy about that and reiterates that Sonny does not wrestle here. But it's time for Pete Austin to get in the fucking ring. Right. Like, I love that Lance is, like, directing traffic. Always. In every single show we ever watch, it's yeah. always like, okay, have we got one more. T- okay, we can, can, can we fit, get him in the ring, please. Can we yeah. move it along now? <laughs> like, it's always that. So we turn over to Dave Brown for the introductions, and Pete climbs up into the ring as Dave introduces him and his opponent, <laughs> Bub Smith. Horrible. Like, Bub. I literally can't make this shit up how crappy his name is. What's all the hubbub? Bub? Yeah. What's all the hubbub, bub? And I had to do that. I actually couldn't remember the line that I wanted to pull, so I actually pulled up the AVGN to, like, get... I'm not kidding. <laughs> you can okay. check on the OVP YouTube history of me, like, <laughs> trying to find the... I forgot if it was in the Wizard of Oz one or the Bugs Bunny one. Bugs Bunny. Yeah. But it. <laughs> I, I got it. Bub What's Smith. What's all the hubbub, bub? bub? Anyway, referees Jerry Calhoun, non- beard edition this time around as Austin mm-hmm. takes off his dirty t-shirt we get a bell so fucking gross <laughs> this guy he's disgusting it's a great heel though because he's just gross and big and stupid uh clubbering forearms by Austin's side headlock can't stress enough how distracting the background is why the, is it all pink like fetus skin on the side or whatever there's an image for you yeah uh meanwhile Lance scolds Sonny King for even being at ringside as we work the headlock. Lance continues to bitch about Sonny, but he's like off mic. You hear like Lance in the back, like, you shouldn't be here. It's not good that you're Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Sonny then just gets on the mic himself to talk about Austin and why he's good. Peeking and shit. It's like the audio's all bad. But I also like the fact that like while we literally see Austin in the ring, Sonny's like, no, he's really good. He wrestles like shit. I could do any of the moves he's doing. It's like punch, 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 like kind of throw him around. Like there's nothing. It's, it's, a hard, nothing. it's so bad. It's like just I very- said, it's like there's certain times and I'm not joking where I look at so, like when somebody's really bad, I know I can do what they're doing. 
That's how I know they're bad. So you could wrestle better than Pete Austin. Yes. Like exactly. Like that that's how I personally if I can do what they're doing, they're they're bad. Okay. That that's how I know. I'll make a note of that. Yeah. Uh more clubbing forearm share junkie kick by Austin. More punching. Awful body slam by All Austin. Junkie. <laughs> All fucking junkie. Dave. It's like sloppy as shit. Dave. Good body slam. <laughs> Not good. Not good at all. <laughs> Elbow drop and a leg drop gets the win for Stone Cold Pete Austin over here. Thrilling. People boo because he looks a, like a jerk. Not a good start here, Joe. Horrible for Sonny's yeah. empire yeah, going on. I'm not bad. sure about that. Uh, empire two, of shit. It's terrible. <laughs> two minutes and eight seconds if you care. We know Dave Brown cares. I didn't. I didn't even know that was the time, to be honest with you. I didn't even hear him say that because I wasn't really looking for it. It's okay, Quinn. It was a bad match. Very poor. Uh, Sonny leaves. Lance is back with Dave. By the way, Dave is looking extra weathery. Very like, today, really. He's ready to do that report right I after think this. He, I think he's he's right off to the, the 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 local studio, probably like literally in the complex. Yeah, somewhere. like in another room in that same place. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it is. Weather sets already. <laughs> did they have green screen back then, or did they have yeah. just like like stuff pasted to the wall that they would move around it might depend on your city maybe down there in memphis they were still using paste somebody cut out like clouds yeah velcro (laughs) on the back or something 3m two-sided tape Uh, move it over here you know cut out of clouds like a happy sun face right angry wind face they got magnets on the back i don't know great anyway dave brown calls Sonny the messenger of destruction pretty sure that's like paul ellering or whatever about right proculator of destruction Mm -hmm. what is a proculator anyway we throw to bill dundee versus tony charles from somewhere lance calls it live though so this probably hadn't aired before the quality is very 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 bad like very there's like wait there it's all closed up on them i can't see anything right dusty in there (laughs) but anyway lance says this is one fall 30 minutes please no this isn't the whole show is it joe what if it was what if it's why don wanted us to do this one oh my god let's get into it quinn wrist lock by charles both been up happy fist bump lock up arm drag by charles again into a head scissors lance by the way is extremely happy about this match quinn and he says to call a friend to watch it (laughs) what a respect for each other this is going to be that kind of a match. Man, I'll tell you what. Call a friend, because let me tell you, you got plenty of time. Here's a couple of scrappers. Literally nothing is... Nothing! Like, this is so boring, this match. I was so angry. Like, the minute this started and what I saw what it was, Joe, I was so disappointed in Memphis. I'm sorry. So Lance is like, oh, it's 100 miles away, but it was worth it for me. Arm, 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 as he sang that. <laughs> now, Dundee with the head scissors. Lance Quinn continues to just fucking love this match. As they're just rolling around, doing nothing. Not, oh, For so example. Bad. It's so bad. Charles tries a Boston Crab. Dundee wiggles out. <laughs> <laughs> Both men up. Lock up. Hammerlock by Dundee. Down in the mat here. Armbar by Dundee. Escape by Charles. And recover for one. Both men up. Fist bump. Double leg by Dundee. He shoots for another Boston Crab. Charles fights it. It was on for like six years, Joe. <laughs> I'm... I hated this. I had to pause it six times to like go like free my mind of it. Quinn was literally texting me complaining about this match. Yeah. Throughout like, the night. Doing like dirty laundry. La- I was like doing my laundry and shit. Like kept pausing because I didn't want to watch it. It's great. Uh, Lance keeps calling Dundee Billy, I suppose, because he's a face here. You know, it sounds very facey. Mm-hmm. Billy. Yeah, Billy. Billy Dundee. Anyway, Charles with the escape. Both men up again. This stinks. <laughs> Horrible. Single leg by Charles into an inside toehold. To zero hype, all fucking slow. 
Like, it's so slow. Horrible. Double Leg Cradle by Charles gets one. Both men up. Lance audibly claps into the mic like all low budget like this. He is very serious here that this is the greatest match of all timers. It's so bad. He's like, I'm it's gonna clap. so fucking bad. Tony comes up with the legs now. <laughs> right back at the ropes and Tony walks it away. I gotta give my hand too. Super move by two great wrestlers. It's unbelievable how bad this is. I know why they're making a big deal, Quinn. I have a theory anyway. Yeah. When we watch Memphis wrestling on television, mm-hmm. The matches are what? Four minutes tops? That's the way I like them. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Squash matches. Yeah. Big fat guy, something like that. Yep. So I think to them, this is like, holy shit, we've got a long wrestling match. I get it, but it's not even good in that context in comparison to like other stuff. No, I know. It's really not good. This felt more like a world of sport opening match. Yes. Opening. Opening. Specifically. Because you know how they usually. Jockey pants, (laughs) like fighting somebody with rounds and shit. In the church or wherever. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Fucking England. Uh, anyway, side headlock by Charles, then a hip toss. Dundee now in with an arm dragon and an arm bar. As Lance tells all of the stations not to go away, because I, I don't think this is going to be short, and he loves it. What in the utter ass is he talking about? Like, nothing's happening. Nothing. Like, nothing. It's almost like he's like, please don't leave. <laughs> like, it's it's more like that, but he's masking it in his Lancey kind of way. His very, very charming kind of way, yeah, exactly. right? exactly. Dundee ma- maintains control as the audio goes all kinds of fucked up. Meanwhile, head scissors by Charles, but Dundee cannot escape. He finally does get out, but misses a monkey flip attempt. Both men up again. By the way, <laughs> I just need to mention this, and I cannot emphasize this enough. The fans have been dead silent. The crowd sounds like a high school gym with 25 people in it, but there's Seriously. like, you can see behind them, there's like hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, they're not into this at all. Yeah. So it, like the only person that is, is Lance Russell. It's baffling. Like, it's like, he's trying to convince us that this is really good. It's weird because I, again, I'm not, I don't know too much about Memphis. I don't know what their arena shows were like. What you they're know. accustomed to. Right. The, they clearly aren't accustomed to this because <laughs> they, they, they you, the look is on their faces. Like yeah. in the background, you're just, nobody cares. They're just like, oh. Yeah, they're know? very, oh. And I don't blame them. It's not very good. It's just a lot of moves that are leading nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's nothing's really happening. It's from like a wrestling standpoint, I understand it. They're doing holds and reversals, but there's. It feels like practice or something. You know what I mean? Like an like exhibition. An exhibi- yeah, it feels like an exhibition. Match. Exactly. It doesn't uh, feel like it's for anything or right. it's serious or whatever. And the lack of crowd heat. If the crowd was into it, I'd probably feel different. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but the crowd isn't. It. Instead, it's Mario All-Stars back there. <laughs> like, it's maybe getting some soda or something. I don't right. know. Exactly. Popcorn, perhaps. Popcorn. Anyway, Greco-Roman now. Charles does get the upper hand. Dundee rolls over into a cover for one. Is it almost over, Joe? Like, is this... <laughs> How much longer with this fucking match? <laughs> Soon. Uh, Charles responds with a standing monkey flip. Like I said, this is pretty good stuff from a wrestling standpoint, but literally nobody except Lance Russell gives a shit. Yeah. And so it's hard for me to give a shit. Exactly. I don't know why they're fighting. Yeah. You have know. to like, as much as you like respect the moves, even anybody watching this has to realize like this sucks. It's like, not it, like fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no convincing that Lance can do. And listen, I appreciate Lance oh, I love like him. trying to like make me care about this match, yeah. but I don't believe him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I'm sorry. He's like very into it, though. It's yeah. so funny. Anyway, 
He sadly goes to break here, and we go back to him and Dave in the studio, and Quinn, they're like practically nudging each other about how good this is. It's embarrassing. <laughs> and he's all like, didn't we tell you how good it was? <laughs> hey, hey! It's like, look how fucking great that shit was. They're like all giggly about it. I wanted to it. show this tape to everyone. Wait, is it what we say? Yeah, I don't want great. to tell you. Great Let's night. take a break. We'll get back to the action in a minute. But we're not done yet. We go back to the match now where Charles goes for a Boston Crab again. He gets it. Dundee flips out of it, though. Roll back over by Charles into a sunset flip for two. Both men are up. And Lance is like, oh, what a pleasure to watch this match. I don't get it. And exactly, again, like we've been saying, exactly nobody. Cares. No, seriously. Yeah. No one. Yeah. There's no cheering. There's nothing. <laughs> There's no cheering. It's like, like, <laughs> maybe it's because it's face versus face. The, the the bumps that they're when they're landing on the ground is louder than the crowd. Lance bumping the mic is louder than the crowd, yeah. which he does often. Yeah. Anyway, okay, Lance finally says where we are for this. We're at the Jackson Coliseum in Jackson, Tennessee. Cool. Thank you. Lock up into the ropes, clean break, side headlock by Charles. This is really long for Memphis, isn't yeah, it's it? it's insanely long. It's so out of character for Memphis. It is. We're it, not used to it on TV. Anyway, again, I don't know what the arenas are like. And I swear like. this is like Lance's pick of the week. It has nothing. It's not, it's not what the fans want to see. <laughs> He's like, I just needed to show you this. He keeps saying that. <laughs> like, And I'm like, dude, can we not? I love you, Lance, but don't, you're not picking the matches. <laughs> Leave it to Eddie Marlin or whoever yeah. the fuck does that shit. Jeff Jarrett. Jerry Jarrett. Jarrett. Jeff yeah. Jarrett. Sorry. Ten-year-old Jeff Jarrett, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, so I had looked by Charles into a takeover. Dundee fights out. Both men are up. Is anything going to happen? Like, is anything <laughs> at all? <laughs> wrist lock by Charles into a European uppercut. Wrist lock again. Takedown and the knee drop. Hammer lock now. Irish whip by Charles. Sunset flip gets a zero count. And Dundee suddenly reverses for the win. That was weird. I thought Charles was going to win, actually, just based on yeah. like, what I was seeing. Because he was dominating. And he seemed like the older guy that they were bringing in to impress us with his moves. Yeah, and then exactly. And he just fucking loses to like <laughs> Bill Dundee. Billy Dundee. Who, Billy Dundee, who's generally like a goofier character. And a heel, usually. Yeah, He's yeah. a face here. So it's, it's, so, <laughs> this is just so weird. Like Everything about it is not Memphis. Right, and we like Bill Dundee. Yeah. But this, but is, this not, is not how I think of him. Right, like, exactly. Mr. Technical. Big baby face <laughs> yeah. over here, clap like shaking hands with yeah. his opponent and yeah. shit. Like it's, it's so weird. Kissing babies. Anyway, even if get... it, when he's a face, he's usually like a fiery face. Yeah. Not this kind of like I'm technical. Like you know, it's <laughs> yep. just so strange. Very strange. Uh, mild, polite applause for the finish here. <laughs> to put it nicely, we get a handshake and the hug, and we go back to Dave and Lance, who are still bragging about this match and Lance is like oh we just had to share it with you it really didn't I, I, I would have been great without, without this without ever yeah. seeing this yeah. without knowing this ever existed I never, I never needed to know this happened oh, such a match I had to share it with everybody it was just a great one the official winner Bill Dundee we go back up to the ring thankfully here in the studio for a tag match first the Gestapo <laughs> yes that's real <laughs> believe they need like okay good we're back to memphis yeah. and being insane yeah. the gestapo we had, what a really sensitive name yeah. for a character god and his partner han schroeder in his helmet yeah now we've seen han schroeder before right so yeah. we've never seen the gestapo before that that i can't believe how over the head that is I know. like it's insane just literally the gestapo yeah uh their opponents are bob owen and Jerry Bryant. Not even sure who the jobbers are here, to be quite honest with you. Because Bob and Jerry Bryant seem like the plucky up-and-comers. Yeah. Like, they don't seem like jobbers. No, they're like, no, we can't, we'll kick your ass. We'll yeah, do it. exactly. Referee is, of course, Jerry Calhoun. As Hans starts with uh, Bob Owens, side headlock by Hans and some forearms here. He rams Owens into the turnbuckle, Irish whip, boot and a punch. Okay, now I know who the jobbers <laughs> yeah. are. It's Bob like, Owens and yeah. 
Jerry Bryant. Yeah. Uh, Gesta- <laughs> Gestapo in now. I still can't believe that's real. I can't <laughs> believe they would go that far. Now, if you care who this is, it's Rip Oliver in a mask. Uh, Rip Oliver made an appearance in the WWF in mm-hmm. 88 against the Ultimate Warrior as Super Ninja or something like that <laughs> on Saturday Night's main event. I know, a better, I know a better super ninja, and he's a giant. He's also. a very big ninja, yeah. yes, right. Uh, anyway, he lands a punch and a kick and a knee lift, and honestly, Quinn, I hope the heels win because these faces are really dumpy, by oh, the way. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty apparent yeah. like, quickly that, like, okay, the heels are going to just kick their asses Please. completely. <laughs> uh, Owen's in with some crappy punches. Han sends him right back down. Gestapo back in <laughs> with a punch or two. Uh, I still the- can't, like... <laughs> You know, you know why it's it's more annoying the Gestapo thing. What? Because it's, it's still the seventies, so we're not that far removed. Like a lot of no. people still remember World War Two, and the Gestapo's like a very evil fucking organization. Yes. Like I don't really think it's okay to just be willy nilly naming your bad guys Gestapo. Apparently, I guess in the seventies you could do that. Yeah. Weird. I wasn't born then. Yeah. Uh, anyway, cover gets one. Gestapo picks Owens up. Bryant finally comes in and tries to do something, but Calhoun just gets him the fuck out of there. Gestapo with an Irish whip tag to Hans, who nails a backbreaker for the win. I love that Brian tried to come in to break up the pin and it still failed. <laughs> yeah. I swear the ref was just like, fuck it, the German. Yeah, he, like, he, he just kinda, ignores the breakup. He kind of did break it. Right? Yeah, it that's like, what that's, I thought. That's the thing. It's like, he did not break it. It's just, you know what? Fuck this match. We just had to watch this shit from like a, a dirty arena for that was so boring for the last 10 minutes. Might as well get, get moving here. Uh, the time of the match, Quinn, three minutes and three seconds. My kind of squash. Perfect. Yeah. Now, Lance is all, okay, we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, we're back. Where Lance says we're going to go to raw tape. Okay. Of raw la- tape. Raw Unedited. tape. That's right. Last night in Tupelo. Last night. That's right. Where Wayne Farris and Larry Latham, the Blonde Bombers, they took on Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee, who are the tag champions. This was a title match, Quinn. Yeah. I love how Honky is weirdly blonde here, but everything else about him is just Honky Tonk Man. Yes. It's like, it's just... He's Honky Tonk Man, but blonde. Yes. So There's nothing different. No, no, no. Literally. The way he wrestles, talks, yeah. everything. The trunks. The trunks. Even, yeah. yeah. So the Blonde Bombers, folks, just so you know, Larry Latham and Wayne Ferris, uh, the Honky Tonk Man he would become, they weren't the only team to ever be called the Blonde Bombers. There was Ray Steven right. and Pat Patterson of were the course. most notable ones. Uh, and there was one before them that I, th- I swear involved like Swede Hansen. Probably. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Um, but Quinn, I, you might not know this. Maybe some of you folks don't. Do you know who Larry Latham is? You know who he, he looks would- like a moon dog. But <gasps> yes, that, that was you my got guess. it. It's but is moon- it Rex or Spot? Spotty? That's Spotty. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Good. I, I I kind of guessed that in my head. I just didn't really like write it down yep. or anything. Yep. So moon dog Spot and Honky Tonk Man here. It just looks like Spotty if they cleaned him up. Yeah, exactly. Like, they shaved just, him up. He, he, he's a regular person. Put on tights instead of shorts. Yeah, exactly. That type of deal. Anyway, the Bombers beat the fuck out of Bill Dundee. We're joined in progress, by the way. They bloody him up. Dundee fights against Honky, but Latham comes in. King then tries to wander in, but he gets sent away by Calhoun. Latham and Dundee both in now. Dundee is wearing that crimson mask, Quinn. And the crowd is pissed. Oh, they're pissed. They are very mad. I mean, this is a Jerry Lawler match, right? You don't fuck with anything, Jerry Lawler. No, he is like Mr. Memphis Yeah, in all seriousness. He's really the king. And he, even in he's Tupelo, like actually the fucking king right now. Yep. And even in Tupelo, he's very over. Now, Tupelo, yep. Mississippi, you might have heard of. Uh, that is where another king was born. One Elvis Presley. You ever heard I of that? Say, oh, that king. <laughs> yeah. And Diplo, if you care. Yeah. Diplo. The, the, the king of, um, <laughs> I don't know, music. <laughs> um, the king of EDM? But, yeah, I guess. Maybe. 
Anyway, yeah, we're showing our knowledge here yeah. of modern music. Anyway, big rights by Latham and some more choking. By the way, this arena is pure junk. Well, it's the nicest one they have in Tupelo. It's, it's worse than the last one from a tape. Yeah, like, it is. This ring is tiny, too. You can see the mold. It's the pony <laughs> ring. It is, though. Yeah. It is. I love it. I love Extra how dumpy it is. Extra dirty, too. It looks like someone spilled soda on it more than once. Like, <laughs> and it was never cleaned. The camera's, like, dangling from the ceiling. It's like when you, like, don't mop your kitchen floor for, like, two months. Right. It's like that. It's, like, really disgusting. Just accumulates crud. Like, it's that. Crud. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Dundee with a punch, and then the king just says, fuck it. He punches Latham off the apron. Dundee firing back now, but Honky breaks it up. King in again, gets sent away again. Double close on by the Bombers. King makes a save. So Dundee fires away on Honky with big rights and also Latham who wanders in. He's a house of Australia or whatever. <laughs> Crikey. Yeah. Uh, King sends Latham back out again. Meanwhile, Dundee has Honky covered, but Calhoun is wandering outside to break up the whole Lawler and Latham situation. And why is this ref being horrible, by the way? He keeps, like, missing everything. Yeah, I know. Like, you notice this? Irritating, man. Yeah. What, what do you think the fans think? They're very uh, yeah. pissed. This is classic, below. like, let's rile up the crowd. Like, ref doesn't see dick that the faces do and only sees what the heels do. That is, like, perfect Southern wrestling psychology. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure Mike Mills would appreciate like, that, you know? That is a classic, like... You tell the ref before the match, make sure you miss every single yeah. pin attempt by the face. It's just somehow miss it. I love that. Though. Yeah, it's perfect. It's like a lost art. The crowd is so fucking angry. This is real to them, yeah, man. I mean, yeah. Seriously. I mean, Jerry Lawler. They're like, how can he miss it? Right. The ring's like the size of a piece of paper. Like, <laughs> what, like, I think it's made of paper, yeah. too. Meanwhile, Honky with something from his tights. <laughs> but Dundee lands a sunset flip anyway, but there's no ref because Calhoun's out there fucking around. So Lathan comes in to make the save for Honky, and then he covers Dundee. Calhoun slides in and counts three just as the king is making the save. But guess what? The blonde bombers win the titles. This women, like, cry it's in the real. crowd. It's, it, it is real. Billy in the center of the ring. Count of one, two. Did he get three? The referee's signifying ring the bell. He got a three count. And he is going to call a pin. Yeah, I know. Our time's running out. The referee, in fact, is awarding the belts to Latham and Ferris as the new Southern champions. So they grab their fucking tag belts and Latham nails Dun King. But Dundee steals one of the belts away and beats the shit out of Honky with it. It is absolute chaos now. People are just swinging the belts all over the place. It's madness. This is very Memphis-like, and I love it. I love it, too. Yeah. So King and Dundee get the upper hand, and they beat the shit out of the Bombers while Calhoun tries to break it up. But Dundee just tries to kick Jerry Calhoun's ass. And I don't blame him. I know. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> he fucking fucked them over. He yeah, didn't mean it, to, but he real. did. Yeah. So the faces clear the ring. They keep the belts before charging out of the ring. Lance is like, oh, we're out of time here. And we see the fans getting up in droves. This was a TV show. I'm like so confused by this. Was it really? Uh, Maybe it, in it looks, Tupelo. It looks like a dumpster. <laughs> like, honestly, it looks like it came from a dumpster, this tape. Now, this is the best part of the show, and this is why Don recommended yeah, this. This is 100% where this show like goes to another level. Yep. So Lance signs off. Picture is black, but we still hear audio. And then we hear Lance, hey, Mike, can you get the camera? They got a hell of a fight going on. Hey, Mike, can you get the camera? They got a hell of a fight going on down here. See, can you get it down? Let me get the light stand off here. 
I love it, Quinn. Lance doing like the directing, like, and you can hear it. It's I amazing. Love it. Yeah. And then we hear literal just like fumbling around, and yeah. Lance complaining. He's like, "Oh, the damn mic is caught in the door." <laughs> yeah. Whatever he says. Yeah, it's so real. Like, <laughs> this is uh Yeah. I wish with all the like modern techniques or whatever, they never have figured out how to replicate this. Like, no, no, no. We're like just catching this on camera. Like, why is this so hard to just look at one of these? What they do, like where there's somebody talking off camera, be like, wait, 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 you got to turn, like get around. Like, so it sounds like. Like, can you believe this shit? Yeah. Like, or whatever. Like, we so don't maybe some cursing that they edited in post right, because right. everyone's so shocked that like this is happening. It's true though. We don't need everything to look all slick, no, and produced, yeah, and modern. That makes it seem fake. And there's even the modern way of doing it, Joe. Just on an aside, we're like nowadays, like you can't get away. All cameras look good. Yeah. You can get it on like you can instead of using a television camera, you use like a GoPro or right. an iPhone camera Perfect. or something. Right, so right. it looks like something somebody would. Like the announcer takes the phone out of their pocket or something to or try they to say we got this footage of yeah. the fucking I don't know Kevin Owens and some guy were fighting in the parking yes. lot and somebody got it on their iPhone. Sorry, it's so shaky or whatever. Right? Like, you know what I mean? It's like yes. so easy. I'm just saying, there's there's a- no comment. The only commentary is the guy kind of who's filming it being like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Like you know what I mean? I mean that would be more realistic. Yeah, I'm just saying if they want to do things that seem real, they could just say like. Uh, this fan, um, um, Billy McGee, he, 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 thankfully he Billy sent McGee. us this footage yeah. so that like Lord Steven Regal can look at it and like make sure, I don't know, like whoever's running what the show. What do you show. call him Lord Steven Regal? You know what <laughs> I mean. Not even what it is. He, I know. He, you know what I mean though. <laughs> I do, I do. Anyway, we see the cameraman get the light turned on and we get a shot of all four guys brawling in the actual concession stand. It's so good it looks like a basement yeah, it's like and it's down like, the it's stairs so damn cool like this this looks like a real fucking fight like not like fake now for those of you that might not have heard of this and i had heard of it but i'd never seen it this is the infamous or famous tupelo concession stand brawl this was considered one of the forerunners to hardcore wrestling oh yeah this is like way before any of that you could see traces of this in a lot of uh continental wrestling i'm talking yeah. about the the Alabama one in the 80s. You can see it in ECW. You can see it in the uh, WCW match that we just watched for Spring Stampede. Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah, they, In they, halftime heat. So this has a name amongst fans, this specific event yes, right here. the Tupelo concession. concession stand brawl or something like that. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it's known. It definitely was not planned to be that. This kind of just developed it into developed it. It developed into it. Yeah. yeah like, this is what it's known like as. Organically. Yes. Throughout this taping or it's whatever considered they were doing. like a, a major milestone in memphis wrestling it seems to me joe honestly i will say this when i was watching this this seems like a consequence of new technology and what i mean by that is that i don't think handheld cameras were as accessible in 1979 and this seems like somebody at continental got their hands on something that they could move around a little better from what i understand this was jerry jarrett yeah uh, the promoter it was his idea right because he the territory, I think, I could be wrong. You can always correct me, folks. I think the territory wasn't doing as well as it had been. Yeah. So he was looking for a way to try to spice this up, just they, get something different. They, they, whatever they're using to film this probably was fucking expensive, is all I'm saying. Possibly, because, Quinn, because, yeah. Because it, that is not normal for you to just be able to like go somewhere like that during this time. Yeah. Because you still got a cord. But yeah, there's it, a cord. Mike Lance is complaining about it. But this is it. definitely a smaller camera because the yeah. way they're moving around. Yeah, it's, it, that, it's that a is, that television is, camera. Yeah, yeah. But it's really cool. Uh, Lance is great here. Fired a gallon jug. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. 
Fired a gallon jug. They're banging away. Brawling near the popcorn machine. The ref trying to ref yeah. this fight. With yeah. I'm like, what do we do? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like we've never seen it. It's hardcore. This is amazing. It rules, Quinn. Yeah. And then Lance with the great win. Oh, there's mustard all over us. I hope I didn't get it in a camera. Dundee with Latham and Lawler with Ferris. Oh, there's mustard all over us. I hope I didn't get in a camera. Anyway, Dundee beats the shit out of Latham on the candy table. <laughs> this is a total brawl and a total mess, and fans are watching through, like, the windows. Of yeah. the it's amazing. It's yeah. fucking heroic. I love it. Yeah. Lance mentions, he's like, we're on the stairs here leading down to the concession stand. Meanwhile, the cousins battle it out, Lawler and Honky. Right. King lands a big punch before nailing Honky with, like, a shitty stool yeah. that he just uh, finds. I also, the wrestlers here are great because they're just, like, figuring it out. Like, yeah. King's, like, looking for straight shit. <laughs> yes. Latham's, like, falling all over the place. Honky is, um, he's got mustard all over his <laughs> face. Like, Dundee is just fucking- Bloody mess still. Like, bloody mess, and he's fucking crazy. He's just, like, punching people. He's just looking for anybody <laughs> yep. to punch. Like, they're all doing a great job here. And from what I understand, another point, uh, the local promoter in Tupelo, I don't remember his name, but he was mainly concerned that they didn't break the popcorn machine. He's like, that's expensive. Hey, I mean, that, that's probably real glass over there. Yeah, He's like, do not fucking please, touch that Please shit. don't yeah. break it. Yeah. So uh, everyone by this point is busted open, by the way. Yeah. We get a shot now of Latham dumping a box onto Dundee. I don't know of what. I don't it know. It doesn't matter because we're just figuring it the right. fuck out. You know? Might have been popcorn. Yeah, we, we don't know. Like, it's, it's, well, nobody's ever done this before. Dundee responds by choking Latham with a mop. Yeah, that was surprising. I did not expect the mop. <laughs> Meanwhile, King just straight punches Honky, and then he nails him with like a little wooden table. Man, Memphis was just ahead of its time, huh? Great, Quinn. This yeah. is great. Then Jerry Jarrett himself wanders in, and he tries to get him to stop. Again, uh, when when the management gets involved, this is where I'm like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Can you stop, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Jarrett looking like he's 17, yeah. by the way. Like, yeah. how young is he? I think he's like 38 here, 37. He looks much younger, though. He does, like, yeah. I don't even think he was really wrestling too much at this point, it's like just, occasionally. It's just weird to think of Jerry Jarrett as a young man because we yeah. think of his son right. as an older man. Now. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Jeff is in his 50s now. Right. So imagine Jerry Jarrett when he was like 37 or whatever. This yeah. is weird. He, and he looks, he just looks like a kid. Yeah, and Jeff Jarrett must be like 12, I think, yeah. at this point. Oh, yeah. He's probably 13. like his young son in like fucking elementary school yeah. or whatever. He's probably there. Yeah. He might be there. I don't know. Might be there. Anyway, Dundee is still at it with the mop, this time on Honky. Jarrett then steals a table away from Dundee. <laughs> yeah, I like how Jarrett's just like, hey, stop fighting. Yeah. And he like yeah, actually huh? like rips the shit <laughs> yeah. from him. Stop like, it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then Lance, they're falling all over. Mustard everywhere. <laughs> Everything broken up. They're falling all over. Mustard everywhere. King now hops back out of the concession stand with Dundee. Eddie Marlin himself has arrived the, on the scene, the apparently. Rare, extremely <laughs> rare that Eddie Marlin's even on fucking camera. Yeah, I only know that because Lance said it. I, I didn't catch him. I didn't him. even see him. Yeah, yeah. He, I almost thought he was lying because Eddie Mar Marlin's so fucking elusive. Yeah, I like I was like, oh, he's just saying he's it He's just there. saying that. Yeah, nobody's ever seen him anyway. <laughs> the Bombers now attack Jerry Jarrett, most likely for wearing an awful shirt. I'm mm -hmm. not sure, but Lance is great. He's like, ah, just let it roll. Just let it roll. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the Bombers are just beating the shit out of Jarrett. I couldn't believe this. I, I was They're like, destroying oh, shit, him. this is awesome. They're destroying Jarrett. You never see anything like this, no. especially back then. He's the promoter. He's like acknowledged as a promoter. They're beating the crap out of the promoter. Yeah. Like, That'd be like if Stu Hart and Stampede was getting his ass kicked yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. 
or gorilla, or uh, not gorilla, but you know, if Vince was getting his ass kicked back anyway, then at least back then. Yeah, yeah. So Lance wants to know where Eddie Marlin went. Mm. We never saw him, right? We didn't, we don't see him at all. He's, he said he's there. They claim he's there. I really didn't see him. Eddie, can you come over? Like, isn't he calling yeah. for him or yeah. something? It's like, Eddie, stop this fucking shit. <laughs> Eddie, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's absolute madness here as the bombers continue to destroy Jerry Jarrett. And there's like cops happily looking on yeah. for some reason. Because like, they're, they're not, not doing not doing any. Oh, it's fake. Yeah, they're right? probably like, oh, it's funny. You see this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got mustard all over their face or whatever. I love the mustard. We'll break it up if somebody asks us to. Yeah, basically. of course. If they yeah. need us. Uh, King and Dundee come back over now to chase the heels away, and they actually check on Jarrett. We go back to the studio where Lance sends us to break. Oh, fucking awesome. Love that it. was just great. Love it. We come back now where Lance explains. You know what? He's like, we decided to take that fat footage and edit it into here. We we don't care. We need to show you. Lance is so honest. I love it. He's <laughs> yeah. talking about like editing techniques. Yeah. Like, they still, they we need it too. They break. The, I feel like they break the fourth wall a little much on this show. No, always on Memphis, like, right? They, they really like act like no, this is a TV show or something. Like we're we're producing it. They they break the wall from the production and promotion, and but wrestling is real, right? The wrestling's real, and it, they're they're like trying to cover it. But they're not afraid to say to you, like, oh, we're having trouble filming right. this, but the, the action's hot and heavy or whatever. We tried to get a camera there. We edited it up for you. We have a real promoter. Like, they do yeah. all of that, but the wrestling's real. Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's very real. They're covering They're covering a real thing, but they can't do it perfectly because it's so chaotic. And they're, they don't have a lot of money. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, we have our camera. We have me. You yeah. know, Lance Russell. <laughs> anyway. He kind of says how, you know, it'd be like if Ollie and Frazier were fighting and then people were fighting in the stands and people would want to see that, you yeah, know? No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Monday the 18th at 8 p.m. in the Mid-South Coliseum, we've got Eddie Gilbert. Eddie Gilbert, yes, taking mm. on Ken Wayne. Neat. Pete Austin versus Jerry Bryant. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Bobby Lyons takes on Bob Owens. Ron Bass taking on Plowboy Frazier. That, of course, would be Uncle Elmer. Right. Uh, big match for Mr. Bass there, big I would just imagine. Steve Regal, not that one. The, the other, other one. one yeah. yes, we, Mr. we know about <laughs> the other one. Mr. Electricity. And Tommy Gilbert, more on him later, taking on Danny Davis. Not that Danny Davis. Yeah, not, there's a lot of not that yeah. there. And Sputnik Monroe Jr. And Lance is awesome. He's like, yeah, I'm actually not sure if that's the correct info on the screen. <laughs> I, that he says that. I couldn't believe that. To go against Danny Davis and uh, Sputnik Monroe Jr. I, I don't know where. I think maybe we may have some information here that is not exactly correct. But let's go on to the next one and see what we got. Didn't even try to hide it. No. Just say, you know, that shit's not right. I don't think that's right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow. Way to blow the like production people. He doesn't care though. Yeah. He's so fucking honest with the audience. Like he never ever hides anything. It's just like if something goes wrong, it's like, ah, oh, we fucked up over there. Like it's just like you know what I mean. He just doesn't care. He's one of the best figures ever in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I love him so He's much. So damn honest. Ugh. It's ridiculous. Also, there's going to be a Southern Tag Title ma- match now because obviously Lawler and Dundee are going to be the challengers against right, the Blonde yeah. Bombers. Uh huh. And he reminds everyone that's they're not the champions. King and Dundee might have stolen the belts back from the Bombers, yeah. but they are not the champions. Just so you're aware, folks. <laughs> yeah, like, he does. Yeah. He's very clear about that. Yeah. Plus, a 21-man, two-ring, triple-choice <laughs> battle royal where $5,000 go to the winner. A triple chance. What the what? F- what in the fuck does any of that mean? Like, seriously, two rings, 21, double Triple chance. I don't fucking have five thousand dollars. What? What? How does that all work? I don't know, Quinn. But Lance says triple it, chance. Triple chance. It will be wild and wooly. Oh yeah. Well, with that kind of shit, I believe him. <laughs> like, those are a lot of different rules there going on. He's very serious about it. Yeah. 
Dundee and Lawler now come out in their very casual attire. In their 70s garb. Disco yeah. suits. Yeah. Dundee has a bandage on his head. Baseball uniform. <laughs> Jerry Lawler looks like when Tony played baseball and who's the boss at the beginning of the show. The Remember? very beginning, yeah. When he's sliding. Yep. That's what he looks like. Okay. Well, kind of true. Yeah. Same age, maybe. But did that have anything to do with Angela at summer camp and they almost slept together? Angela at summer camp? I don't remember. Was that that? It could have been. They yeah. always almost slept together. Yeah. Angela. Uh, anyway, Dundee has a bandage on his head. And he's like, hey, Lance, if someone was stealing your CB radio from your car, you'd want to fight him, right? Yeah, CB radio, which is weirdly very relevant in 1979. And I'm sure Lance would have a CB radio down there. That was like the hot fucking item. My parents have told me how like that was like, oh, you were fucking cool if you got a CB radio. That was like hot. You talk to the truckers and shit. Right. Like it was a big fucking deal. You to make People up your own handle. Putting antennas on top of their houses. Right. Like it was crazy. Short lived fad though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pretty short lived. Pretty short lived. But it was like. Like five ish years in the seventies, probably okay. seventy five to eighty. It Sounds about right. Farting around with fucking CB radios. <laughs> if you had one, folks, let us know your CB yeah. radio stories here at CB Memories. What was your <laughs> gmail what, what was your fucking handle? Let us know. We want to know your handle. You had to have a handle. You did. That's why it's called a handle. I forget. My dad days. used to say his sister's handle was like whatever, and I forget what it is. More on Quinn's dad's sister's handle later yeah. on. Anyway. Dundee says Latham and Ferris couldn't beat them in a month of Sundays, and he calls Honky a Jimmy Valiant wannabe. <laughs> Basically, like, fuck Wayne Ferris. Yes, no. Fuck Honky Tonk fuck Man. Him. He sucks ass. We don't even know who Latham is. <laughs> yeah. like, they don't even, like, talk about him. <laughs> and then King now, he wants to clear some things up about Wayne Ferris. People thought that King wanted to keep him out of the business, and it's not true. The days of King being put away are over, he says. Mm-hmm. Ferris and Latham are big jerks, and uh-huh. he's going to beat their brains out. Also, fuck Wayne Ferris. Like, fuck him. Like, <laughs> I love that they, like... <laughs> they very specifically <laughs> yeah. hate him. Like, it, they, you know what, uh, Moondog, we don't... Fuck, eh, we don't... Whatever. Who's he, right? It's but like fuck Wayne Ferris. What a piece of shit that guy is, like... Like, it's real. Though. They will not stop going on about it. Uh, Lance now takes this opportunity to remind us that ticket offices are open until 5 p.m. on Monday. These promos were good, by the way. Dundee and Lawler. Yeah. Very good promos. They do sell the show. I, w- I want to order my tickets, even if the graphic is wrong. I love King as a face I in Memphis. I like the Memphis. If I lived in Tennessee yeah. back then, I'd be at the Memphis Coliseum every, fucking every, week. every Friday or whenever it is. Yeah. Sounds like a good ass time. Like if you could, if it's a short drive away or a walk or something, you know, you go there for a couple hours, have beer, a couple beers. Beer and cigarettes in the audience, God. probably a bunch of popcorn. What a time. Yeah, it's, it sounds great, actually. Maybe go bowling afterwards. It's the 70s, right? I'm just thinking of things that existed. Pool, yeah, billiards, you know. pool afterwards or whatever. There's no video games yet. So Not you gotta, really, you right? You gotta go do other things afterwards. I would have done it, man. Yeah. Play darts. Yeah. Anyway, Lance is ready for another match. <laughs> if we can get him in the ring in time, isn't that what he yeah. says or something? Yeah. He's like, we need to get him in there. We got to fit it in. (laughs) So we go to Dave Brown for the introductions here. In the ring is the newcomer, Pat Hutchinson. Some fucking nerd. (laughs) This guy looks like he's going to lose immediately. (laughs) I don't even have to know. I don't even have to know he's fighting. He's not winning. Well, Quinn, his opponent is Ron Bass, so that's yep. good. <laughs> well, this is going to be a beating. <laughs> yep. Uh, referee is Jerry Calhoun Doy. You don't get a lot of Doy these days. <laughs> Hutchinson looks like sleeping Lanny Poffo, I'm he, telling you. He gives a look like, huh? <laughs> like just at the camera, like not even looking into it, just staring. Oh, one of those, yeah, right? Just, what a fucking loser. My prediction is that this match will be one minute and 17 seconds. Okay, Let's find that's, out. That's a good number. Let's good see. number. Bass has the slick hair, by the way. It's mm-hmm. not long. It's like all slick and short. Very slicky. Red tights. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, we like, for those of you that might not know, we can get to talk about him a lot, uh, but we like Ron Bass. Ron Bass is great. We just don't like that we don't get to see much good of him in WWF. We always say WF wasted him because he's great. They kind of did. It's like 
Did they just bring him in so no one else could? Sound like it because right? he seems too useful elsewhere. Yeah. Because he's always cutting promos and doing all this shit. And a good WF, talker. And WWF, they make him look like a goof and he barely talks. Yeah. What his What's his biggest program? I guess the one with Beefcake? Yeah, where he loses hair. his hair thing. Yeah. yeah. But we like him elsewhere. He's always good. Um, He throws Hutchinson around. Elbow, reverse body slam, more stomps and punches. Yup, exactly what I thought. <laughs> yeah. A beating. He just really beats the shit out of this guy. Big vertical suplex by Bass. Beautiful running power slam, and that gets the win. Perfect. What was the time, Jav? One minute and 13 uh, seconds. You were very close. Ah, I was close. Anyway, Eddie Marlin. That's right. Set your VCRs, folks. Eddie Marlin is now here with Dave Brown at the table. The rare. <laughs> yeah. I, I I thought he just, it's like a phantom. Like, I've never seen him before. He's, yep. he's, he's, he's He never appears. We get to see him he's here. Like, he's like the Mishima of this show. Like, you never Shima. see him. What? No. Uh, anyway, they run down the uh, big Jonesburg, Arkansas. <laughs> Where? Yep. There's going to be 500 fans and 300 teeth there. Uh, okay. Eddie is excited about the big main event there, though. It's going to be a two out of three falls match. He doesn't tell us with who. Well, Eddie Marlin's <laughs> not used to being on camera. He's used to, he, he writes the things with a pencil That's and he makes pencil. the match. Well, you got to make sure you can edit it, right? True. He, he, make, he makes the matches and he's not used to talking. That's true. But he tells Lance and he tells Dave about it. I'm guessing because Jerry Jarrett's supposed to be hurt, you see. Is that why he's so, here? So Eddie Marlin has to take matters into his okay, own hands. Maybe enough. Jerry Jarrett usually would hype this okay. shit, right? Yeah, no, maybe. Anyway, there's also going to be a show in Missouri. As Eddie sounds excited as Jimmy Dean doing sausage commercials. Buddy Wayne, Ken Wayne will be there. Tommy Gilbert, Eddie Gilbert, the two father and son team will right. be there. And now I realize again why we never see <laughs> <laughs> But he is, is, I was very happy to see him because he's such a legendary. They always, Eddie Marlin this, Eddie Marlin Every, that. We, in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, we never fucking see him, but he's always like doing stuff yeah like, it's great he's um he's part of the memphis canon memphis canon so he's very much appreciated even if he can't talk at all yeah he's terrible yeah uh, but he's real yeah that's the other thing it, he's real it's important to establish yes. he exists exactly anyway in tupelo jerry jarrett is gonna put on the trunks quinn he's gonna team mm. up with bill dundee uh dave brown says it's because he's not the promoter there so he can wrestle in only tupelo. there only in, in memphis tupelo. he can't wrestle yeah. you yeah, know i see they continue to blabber on about more shit. This is long. Yeah. And then Lance um, <laughs> is with the Blonde Bombers, and they are proudly dressed in their clothes here, casual mm-hmm. clothes. Wayne Ferris cuts a promo sounding, of course, exactly like he does as Hawkeye. So weird. It's like the same exact character. Yep. Like, it's almost the same. Just yep. no Jimmy Hart. It's perfect. They are the champions. You're saying we're the champions now. Oh, yeah, yeah Luller. You've been trying to keep me out of the wrestling business, boy. Yeah, you've been trying for a long time to keep me out. But right now, I got the belt around my waist, and my partner, Larry Latham,'s got the belt. And he's like, fuck Jerry Lawler, fuck Jimmy Valiant. All I need is Larry Latham. Honky shows us he's very upset, Quinn. He's very pissed about how they split Larry open. Yeah, he's so upset about these stitches. He's like, you hurt my fucking friend, You hurt my friend. Yeah. I hate you. Lance is like, oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't care. I love him. Honky says Lawler's going to need a sewing machine to sew him up. Uh, Uh, Suddenly, (laughs) Sonny King shows up. This was a great follow-up to the beginning. Right? right? What a callback. Yeah. And he's like, hey, if you need me, here's my number. Yeah. (laughs) It's like hiring them now. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Like opportunists, because now they're the tag champs. Like, I can just get the tag champs to work for me, do my, (laughs) be my cronies, right? And then he takes the mic from Lance. And he tells the bombers, look, anytime you need me, you got my support. Lance is like all pissed. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's take a break. Let them talk while we're Doesn't taking Sonny a break. Doesn't say something like, I'll conduct the rest of this interview yeah, or like, something? I'll, I'll handle this, Lance. Yeah. And Lance is like, fuck it. We're going to commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Let him talk off camera. <laughs> 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 
that thing. Yep. Anyway, we're back now. We're Danny Davis and Sputnik Monroe. We're going to be taking on Tommy Gilbert and Tommy Gilbert Jr. How can that even be real, no. Joe? <laughs> what? Tommy and Tom, what are they fucking serious over here? So <laughs> we saw Tommy Gilbert earlier, right? Or we yeah. heard about him. His son, Tommy Gilbert Jr., is actually Eddie Gilbert. Yes, that or Billy Gilbert. Billy Gilbert. And Eddie this three. is horrible. What total fucking ass. <laughs> this is exactly how to not get someone over. They have the exact same fucking name with Junior at the end of is it. Is that like really giving him that much prestige? No. Calling him Tommy Gilbert no, Jr.? No, I don't even know who the fuck Tommy Gilbert is. Well, he is the actual real life dad of both Eddie and Doug Gilbert. The Gilbert brothers, he looks, obviously. He looks like just, he doesn't even look that old, Tommy Gilbert. He's not. That's yeah. the thing. He's 38. What? Ed Gilbert here, Tommy. Is did, how old could he have been when he Ed, had his son then? Eddie Gilbert, well, this is 20. He 20, was 20 years he older than him. 20 exactly. He's 20 years older than him because Ed Gilbert is 18 here. Right. So there you go. So very young Eddie Gilbert, even right. younger than the WWF, you know? Oh, yeah. So anyway, Danny Davis, not that Danny Davis. And There's Eddie so much Stark. not that I know, in this not ring. that Steve Regal. Not that Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is uh, one fall until the show ends. Somehow this version of Eddie is even crappier than the ones we see in our 83 canon. He's so shitty. And Danny Davis here is not a nightmare yet, but he still stinks. I couldn't even tell if that was the ref or the nightmare or some other Danny <laughs> Davis. Like, who, what, the, what, what is going on It could have been a third Danny Davis there, for all really I know. It really could have. Because we're used to seeing them either with a mask or the stupid face so paint. confusing. Anyway, Eddie uh, looks like Leonardo DiCaprio and Catch Me If You Can. I swear <laughs> he does. It is possible. My name is Mr. Abignail. That's Abignail, not Abignali, not Abignali, but Abignail. Anyway, hip toss by Ed, tagged to Sputnik. So uh, <laughs> we get a tag to Tommy Gilbert Sr., who looks like a peewee baseball coach, I swear, <laughs> with his mustache. He looks very daddish. <laughs> yeah, he does. Lance reminds us, well, we have plenty of action time left here. It's literally four minutes, which is a lot back then, yeah, considering but- these matches are usually like two minutes. Yeah, for Memphis, that's a lot, right? It's like, we could fit one more match somehow <laughs> after this. Right. Uh, Ed's back in, headlock takeover, tagged to his pappy, who hammers away with some elbows and a knee lift. Ed back in again, knee lift of his own, Tommy back in with the stomps. Then there's a nice spot where Monroe tags Billy Gilbert like by accident yeah. or something because I don't know. He's, he's like, so out of it. He's so out of it or whatever. So it's, the heel tags the I face. I like that. Yeah, it was yeah. nice. Uh, Danny Davis wanders in and gets punched. One lady in the crowd really was happy about oh, that. Oh, super. So right? happy that they close up on her going like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's very good. Uh, Monroe offers a handshake. Tommy just punches him. Corner whip by Gilbert. Davis back in looking awful as usual. Eddie back in too. Side headlock by Davis, eye poke and an elbow, body slam by Davis in a boot, Sputnik's back in, the heels double team, and sadly, we cut to the opening credits. Because you know what? Fuck Billy Gilbert. <laughs> also produced by Championship Wrestling Company or something. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, the Championship Wrestling Company. Uh-huh. Anyway, Quinn, I had almost no problem with this show, because Memphis is always fun. I know the that one match was really slow. First half was poor. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the highlights here are the Lance Russell existence in general. Right. Sonny King. That was a lot of fun. All the promos were good. Just good stuff. And obviously the Tupelo Brawl. The Tupelo Brawl was, thought, to me, the Fucking biggest awesome. highlight. I would say, that, like I said, the first half sucked a bunch of ass. Yeah. I mean, even that dirty guy, whoever, Stone Cold Pete, Pete, Pete or whatever. Austin, yeah. Like, he stunk ass. Like, Pete his like, pants. Yeah, that was all bad. Up to, after the technical masterpiece or whatever it was, um, this was great. Yeah. Uh, Memphis, like, always seems to redeem itself, I feel like. Oh, it's always fun. Every always. episode, some shit happens. Yep, and as long as you have Lance Russell or Dave Brown yeah. there, you're good to go. 
Don, thank you for the suggestion. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad I finally saw it. I've heard of the Tupelo concession brawl. Yeah, we saw it now. Definitely worth the hype. Yeah. Fun stuff. This is right there on YouTube if you want to see it, folks. Yep. Uh, Memphis from June 16th, 79. Want to remind you guys to put in your suggestions. You are allowed to do that. Of course, you're allowed. It's a free country. But what I mean is we are actively reviewing specifically things that you suggest. So do that on Facebook. Also, while you're at it, if you have a change your mind suggestion, you can put that on there as well. There's a separate post for that. And leave us a review, could you, please, if you haven't yet, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Mm-hmm. We'd like that. It just helps. Yep. And I don't also, know how, but uh, it does. Leave off the last S for savings. <laughs> yes. Leave off the last S for savings. But hopefully we've helped you leave off some time of your work week here as we have romped you through yet again the world of retro wrestling. Be sure to check in again next week for episode 223. And if you want the extra stuff, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But until next week, until next time, I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya. Let me just say this. First of all, I want to clear up something about Wayne Ferris. You know, he's got it in his head, and I know who put it there, just like Bill said. Jimmy Valiant put it in his head. He's got the boy's mind so screwed up, he don't know which way he's going. Well, let me tell you what he's got in his head. He thinks Valiant told him that I was jealous of him trying to keep him out of the wrestling business, and now he's going to try to take it out on me. Let me tell you something, Wayne Ferris. You've been reading all these magazines, you've been watching the TV about Austin Idol and Jimmy Valiant and Joe LaDuke injuring me and putting me in a hospital. Well, let me say this, those days of the king getting put away are over, baby. So don't get it in that little pinhead of yours that you're going to do it. If anybody gets put out of the wrestling business, it's going to be you, punk. I'm sick and tired of jerks like you and Latham coming here trying to run over me and Dundee, and it ain't going to happen anymore. So come on down there Monday night. Forget about the belts. I don't care about the belts. It's going to be another fight just like you saw a while ago because I'm going to beat both of you punk brains out. Mustard Mustard everywhere. everywhere.